Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 684 for the week of July 15, 2023. I'm Chris Ridd here. We're back to bring you more RPG goodness. Thanks for putting up with us being a week away. I need a little vacation. I got it, and I'm very happy to have had it. Thank you. Joining me as I return, Kelly Ryan. I needed that vacation myself. Mm, Josh Carpenter. Hey there. And Matt Mason. I mean, I've been on vacation for like 40 days, but it's good to be back and then here, too. I want to be. Wait, did you get fired or something? 40 days is long. <laughs> teacher. Teacher. Mm. I'm a teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we leave June 1st and, you know, we're back about July 9th. And in the tech industry, we we have these layoffs and then we have to get new jobs. And between that, we call it fun employment. <laughs> <laughs> because we know we'll like get sabbatical. hired. But in the meantime, it's time to have fun. <laughs> There we go. Uh, okay. Hi. This this is the energy I've got for you today. <laughs> I overslept. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay, Chris, we've got about 50 news stories you can sleep through. Well, let's just start yeah. them. <laughs> I, I, well, we got to talk about what we've been playing, because I have played stuff since we've been gone. So Ke- Kelly's, Kelly's playlist is why I'm here, actually. I, yeah, I really? Kelly's playlist more than mine. Okay, yeah, mine's pretty good too. But because <laughs> I, I finished up Octopath Traveler two um, last weekend. Okay, and that this game did a much better job of having an end game than the previous game because that one hit its true ending by like a gauntlet behind a gauntlet of super bosses, and this one is like, okay, go to this campfire now. You have to. Go, go do four things, and you got to figure that out. And then, oh, hey, here's one final, final boss where you have to use all eight characters. So if you only used four of them throughout the, go- the course of the game, good luck. Um, but luckily, there is a very broken strategy to beating <laughs> that boss, and it involves if you've ground up a butt ton of money, just throw Stay money at the problem. Yeah. Uh, the merchant class has a ability called hire to help that how much you spend depends uh, dictates how much damage you do. So if you do the most expensive one, you'll just hit the damn thing for like it's basically like nine of the round, but expensive. Uh, so but yeah, the most much... expensive one. Like I, I don't know, I the numbers I don't know because it would matter the level, but I felt like it hit at the same damage level as like my highest ranked person with all of their you know attacks built up and doing like their special attack or something like that yeah with the damage barrier off and with the day yep yep funnily enough if you equip that to a merchant it doesn't work with that oh yeah um that they must have seen that as a a nuke um but yeah just every time Either of my merchant characters, if they had three BP, it's like, okay, power them up, throw money at the problem. And I, my first run at the boss, I think I was fighting that thing for an hour, and then it locked my ability to revive, and I just got wiped. My second attempt, I beat the thing in 15 minutes using that strategy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, pro tip, grind up a lot of money. An octopath, and you'll cheese the final boss. 
either that or grind up all your characters evenly, which yeah, that, that's harder to do. <laughs> much harder to do. I I prefer my strategy of um, have three mains and then just swap out the fourth slot every time you're uh, doing a story. Um, uh, and yeah, uh, when I was playing that for review, I, I that was how I did Octopath One. I I did two a little bit differently. Um, I think I tried to switch out two almost every time, just to I keep people a little bit closer together. It still wasn't anything, you know. I had a uh, Throne A was. 70 or 80 and other people were like 60s or something so it you know still had my main but I, it was a little bit more balanced than i went into octopath one with um i, I almost kind of did my strategy what was it with dragon quest 11 i i almost never switched people out but if people got switched out by dying or whatever then i would just leave them there until the okay. next time somebody would do it it, it just kind of let it go i didn't necessarily plan it but no, I'm glad you enjoyed the game as much as I did. That. Yeah, I don't know what it what, what the secret sauce was. I enjoyed Octopath One, but this one could, could be like in one of my top games of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so good. I, I think the stories were just written so much better, and having the crossover stories um, c- kind of helped that a little bit. You said that you didn't run into a lot of those crossover stories, did you? Well, I mean, there's four of them total. Did you and skip I, the side I, you know, quests? No, I didn't skip the side. Well, I skipped a lot of the side quests. Uh-huh. But, <laughs> but no, there there was those crossovers. I expected there to be more. I guess I didn't realize eight characters, they split them off, two, two, two. So you had four of them to go through. And I guess the way that I played, you know, just the natural progression, I was probably halfway through. I finished a couple people's stories, but the way that, they paired up. It must have been the way that I played them that I didn't hit the pairs very well. And qu- towards the end, it was like, oh my god! All of a sudden, there's a whole bunch of crossover to do. But you know, um, I could. What were the triggers for those? Like finishing both players' second chapter, and then you'd get the crossover or something like that. Yeah, and I was going chapter by chapter for each character. Like I, I had to. For, for example, I, yeah, I had to I had to do all the twos oh. and have a, the whole map have threes before I continued. And see, I didn't do that. I kind of went off and I finished. Gosh, there, there were two or three characters that I finished before I went back to chapter twos for people. So that's how I think I missed out on hitting those cross ones. Maybe at like the right time, you know, the, yeah. Where, where you did so yeah at the end of the game like yeah i was probably 40 50 hours into it i'm like wow i've seen three cross things and done them each once whoop-de-doo yay (laughs) and then some you know i hit hour 60 i'm like wow i've spent like the last five hours doing cross stuff because i did these three people's stories and suddenly three more quest lines open up Mm -hmm. and they were still small i mean there were some of those cross chapters that you could play in 10 minutes um yeah but no they, they added enough uh, it, it certainly let the characters kind of shine a little bit be- better as a team than the first game. That's for sure. Um, and, and I, and I loved what is it the the little chats you'd get every now and again. Yeah, the, I had I had talk. one where they were playing cards and drinking and just joking with each other, and it was I think it was between like three or four of them, which kind of was lucky that I got that because if they're not in your active party, then you don't get that cutscene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something I'd uh, like to see them change. Oh, them like, actually give us all having, those. Yeah, um, 
the, the ones that were cracking me up in particular was Particio and Os, Oswald because um, Particio is a drinker and Oswald only drinks coffee. So they always had differences of opinion about their drink of choice, <laughs> which which was hilarious. Um, gosh, what else? And and I can see how you would definitely want to bowl through one character all the way through because some of those had some pretty low uh well, one, not everybody had a chapter five. And two, mm-hmm. like Agne, I think you could finish her off at 40. And that's what I did. I kept seeing those levels and I'm like, well, why don't I just do this? <laughs> I've got I got three people at 42 and sure, she may be at 30, but I, we can get through this. Might as well just finish it off. Yeah, it, it just so much of that game. It's just fun to go through. It's like you see the map and like, okay, who whose story do I want to do next? Well, eh, I find Hikari's to be kind of boring, so let's get his out of the way. I, but funnily enough, I didn't like the warrior story in the first game either. Oh, I found Hikari's. It was it was a little bit maybe uh like tropey. Yeah, just a little bit. And but you know, I thought it was at least interesting enough that. He really wanted to do well and was it ousted and. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, my, my favorite characters ended up being the three that I, that I leveled up the most. Ochet, Throne and Oswald. Um, uh, Oswald's story was, it gave me some allergies. Uh, that that so, was some, uh, that was some deep stuff. Uh, Throne's in some parts gave me allergies and other parts was like, I want to kill that bitch. Um, <laughs> Throne's was awesome. That, that I, I'm glad I, I. I mean, I started with her because I did the thief rap the first game, and I'm like, nope, I'm gonna be able to steal stuff right from the beginning of the second game. Yeah, it wasn't as important this game because everybody had. There's so many different path options to do with everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, she could buy, but somebody, other people, who could like talk people out of their stuff? Uh, Agne. Yep. So and, I mean, and, it was like, oh, you don't always have to have a thief with you. You could just talk people out of their stuff if you're high enough level or. Um, yeah, I I, th- I think that's going to be the subject of this get in two years uh, for a backtrack. <laughs> uh, how how people get talked uh, get relieved of their items because there's so many ways to do that in this game. Um, but one of the nice things about having a high level throne was that man she could steal whatever she wanted uh, very mm-hmm. early in the game, and and that was uh. my favorite. That was my favorite thing about the first one, just going into an area and yoink. Uh, oh, that's how I choose the first game easily. Easily. Yep. Because you didn't even get care about uh, getting caught. You just paid the fine. <laughs> I, I mean, I was I, I did a lot of resetting. <laughs> <laughs> I did my fair share of resetting, but it, it, it didn't feel like I had to because since he was my main character, he was going to be way above everybody else. So. It, it was fine. I loved Castie's story in this one. That that was pretty dark. Yeah, just just a little bit. Um, and like, like actually visually dark because <laughs> they brought the dark clouds. Uh, I I got purple rain. Well, that's a different game head. series. Well, well you'll get seem um, to abandon that, so uh, they got to pick it up. Mm-hmm. You, you'll get a certain what a good song. what a good game series it was too. You'll get a certain Prince song stuck in your head during those chapters. <laughs> yeah, um, that, that was some uh, evil stuff. Um, but I think the game, the 
Octopath 2 went on sale for Prime Day this week and is also on sale on the eShop this week too. So um, if any of you, if any of you audience are interested in that game, do not sit on it. Um, it's one of the best games. Should I play the year. first one first, Kelly? No, no, That's you don't have to. No. Yeah. Um, That's becoming more sh- and more clear. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I would go straight to this one. Just Do not pass go. <laughs> I mean, yep. don't. And, and it sounds like we're shitting on the first one. It's really fine. It's just there's no. Yeah. It's it's a hey, good I gave game. The, I gave the first one a four point five. That was probably more controversial. Is this one a five? Five point for this one. Yeah. I gave this one a five. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, and and the first one is an excellent game. It's just that this one is so much better. Like, how do you improve on a perfection? Well, apparently they did. Oh, sort of perfection. They they addressed those little things. They gave. So you're saying a good sequel to Chrono Trigger is possible? Yes. (laughs) Hmm. The the only thing they didn't address. No comment. Mm -hmm. Um. The only Mm -hmm. thing that they didn't address that I did have a complaint about was having a catch-up mechanic. Um. Mm. For characters that you weren't using, but you gotta grind. I'll be honest, I didn't find it that hard to do what I needed to do in this one. Yeah, I I didn't have to grind nearly as much in this one, though. It was one of those things where I, because I'm OCD, I had to have uh, the whatever participating character at at least 45 before I would do their 45 chapter, Mm -hmm. just so that they weren't getting their ass handed to them. But at the same time, I also felt like there was a lot of passive bonuses you could unlock pretty early to kind of help with that. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I got to ask so, my so, question. Okay. This is this is important. Battle of the sequels. Octopath Traveler 2 versus Bravely Default 2. Oh, Octopath hands Octopath down. Too. And I mean the real Octopath, the real Bravely Default 2, not, mm-hmm. <laughs> not the first. Bravely second. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it, it beats both of them. It All beats right. Bravely Default <laughs> and it beats Bravely Default too. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So is there less grinding in this one? It sounds so, like it. So in the first game, and correct me if I'm wrong, everybody's level, everybody's chapter two, was it all at the same level? Did it tell you to be 15 for all those level twos? I think so. And then like so. 30 for all the threes and 45. So yeah. this one is staggered. This one there'll be chapter twos that tell you to be at level eight mm-hmm. and there'll be chapter threes that tell you to be at 45, but somebody else's level three might be 25. So I felt there was more of a natural progression here and there wasn't that huge step up just because you wanted to do a chapter two didn't mean you had to grind to get there. Maybe you couldn't go do Cassie's chapter two, but you could go do Particio's chapter two and be just fine. And then yeah. maybe Hikari's chapter two. And then by that time, your main people would be good enough to go do Cassie's level two. I found it was, they smoothed it. It wasn't stairs. It was a gentle slope all the way up. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to follow that. And if you want to jump around, well, you know, I, yeah, I did that and I was okay with that. <laughs> yeah. But I, I felt they smoothed the stairs there. It wasn't. So that helped with the, uh, that helped with that because you didn't. Yeah, that's where I fell off in the first game. Like I enjoyed most all of the game. It was just it was you would have those huge gaps 
of where mm-hmm. he was just like, okay, yeah, all my characters are 18, and the, the next second chapter is like 28 or something, and I'm like, yep. oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And the, the there just wasn't enough um, enemy variety, I felt like, to kind of justify that. It was the, you know, fighting that same pallet swap rat over and over and over oh, again. Oh, yeah. I, that didn't change. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, I was still fighting like Sewer Rat 6, <laughs> who had who had the, you know had the shield and the spear instead of just the shield and the dagger or the sword or the, you know, the bow and arrow the, the, as funnily, the other ones. Funnily enough, because my main character was Ochet, I was looking forward to seeing a lot of those new enemies because she captured, she could capture monsters and some of those higher level monsters could be pretty broken. Oh um, God, I did that. So I caught one. I think I was doing like Throne's chapter two. I was going to see her mother or the person she called mother because mm-hmm. that, that that was the chapter two. If they, if they even split, there was like a chapter two A, chapter two B, go see mother, go see father. Um, and I caught something in that mother area and it was way higher level than I had any right of having it. Just kind of lucked out right at the beginning. And then I had a free like hit everybody twice. With hammer kind of thing. Yeah. That I could just yeah. use all the time. Oh, you know what? Ochet after Throne was my most used because I it was just free skills all the time. Yep. Like, let's go. Let's, and I just focused on the ones that could do the double hit. And reading more into it later, because, I mean, I played 95% of it before the game came out. I think I finished it two days after the release date and started seeing what people were catching. I'm like, oh, my God, there's even more broken monsters to catch. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever looked up anything. No, I just if she it was captured, crazy some of the ones that they could capture. Yeah, if she captured something passively and it looked like it was more powerful than what I already had, I just kind of swapped it out. And then at some point, I had captured one of the the fat uh, Kate sits that gives oh, you man. random buffs that can be a godsend in a bet in the battle depending on which buffs you got like the one the one that uh gives you well auto revive and uh reflect and uh whatever the counterattack one was um which Dang. is how you could cheese nice. some bosses mm-hmm. um and, and yeah I, th- I think the split chapter things kind of helped too because i think throne had split chapters and ochet mm-hmm. had split yep. chapters ochet had one split into three right mm-hmm um, and yeah, I agree with you about that, uh, make it, making that level curve more of a slope because I, I would even plan ahead. Well, it's like, okay, I'm doing one of my three main guys. Uh, so I'm going to put C- Caddy in, what was her name? Cassie? The, Cassie. Yeah, Cassie. I'm going to put Cassie in so that I can, yeah, so that I can do her next. Um, I, I and yeah, I felt like I had more of a reason to swap out characters this time too mm-hmm. instead of sticking mm-hmm. just my favorites um oh and and josh uh you can unlock the ability to do multiple sub jobs um so, so not just one character can be equipped with cleric or merchant or what have you but mm-hmm. each sub job has a different unlock condition like um merchant you just buy the extra licenses um <laughs> Oh, yeah, I went into that final battle with three people subbing Merchant. Yeah. I I really did the pay to win. (laughs) Yeah. Just Um, throw money at it. Oh, yeah. For some reason, I had a lot. I was like, okay. Yeah. Um, So so Octopath 2, just amazing game. 
one of my top top of the year thus far. And then since I finally had a little bit of free time, I purchased Cassette Beast because you had recommended that one, Matt. And I am sorry. <laughs> why are you apologizing? I'm, en- I'm enjoying it. Oh, you are again? Okay. Yeah. You, you, were, you were down on it. I think the last time we talked, you were a little bit down. I, I was a little Bouncing frust- back, okay. Yeah, I was a little frustrated because this this basically did what the new Pokemon did, where they just kind of dump you into the world with a bunch of side quests, and it's like, okay, figure all of this out. Um, but I kind of took the time to, you know, t- take out some of the uh, captains. Mm-hmm. With some of the ranger captains and get some upgrades so that I could fuse fuse faster and catch be um, record cassettes easier. So I'm having a, a much more of a good time. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's a Pokemon clone. It's it's a cute Pokemon clone. Um, though I, I'm with you, Matt, and that my main I've mostly just used my main character's little sheep. And mm-hmm. did you do Felix's? side quest you'd have to refresh my memory on who that is and what what was he doing felix was the artist i think so i remember some guy i mean i pretty much did it all i uh, okay well (laughs) so 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 felix is an artist and and you get to know all of these sub characters um there's there's a relationship system in the game by the way and I, I got Felix as a side character and I kept kept him with me because it's like, I'm, okay, I'm going to unlock Fusion with him eventually. Mm-hmm. And then did his side quest and his side quest involves his anime character that he drew when he was 13 years old. Oh, coming yeah. To life. <laughs> and they, they showed oh, no. the picture. He dated his waifu? No. Oh. Um, he he was embarrassed about creating okay. that char- that character and that character was like you don't you don't want me so I'm going to prove myself and you have to um she, she goes to these four altars and you have to help her defeat the beast at the four altars and then she kind of goes into an ultimate form and you have to defeat her and once you defeat her you get her in your uh you get her as a cassette beast and that's who I've been using and well, you know I tried to use her for a while and I don't know. Uh, you know what? I did that one too late, and it was like, nah. I, I've even got screenshots of her somewhere, but yeah, because I thought that one was funny. I was like, this one's a funny one to use, like mm-hmm. story reason why. Like it was just some little doodle that this kid made when he was like, th- like you said when you're 13, and now mm-hmm. it's an actual monster you can ca- catch. Yeah, uh, yeah, a cat with an angel wing and a devil wing. Um, hang on, let me go to her bestiary entry because I have the game open right now. The bestiary entry is what makes it comedy gold. Uh, let's see. But one of the nice things about this game is that because of the sticker system, so all of your beasts are recorded on cassettes and their moves are stickers that show up on the side of the cassette. Um, and and you can remove the stickers and put whatever stickers you want on there, so you can customize your character however you want. It is, yeah, very customizable. So I I just I put a good AOE on the character's name is Kudeko, by the way. Um, very very appropriate name for a uh, anime character you create at thirteen. Um, 
So her bestiary entry says, the daughter of an angel and a demon, Kaneko was left on the doorsteps of a ninja clan hideout as a baby, trained in the arts of ninjutsu and friendship. Kaneko now travels across the land and searches for elemental shrines of power. Will she ever find her true calling? <laughs> it's like the Netflix description right there. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. But um, I forgot what I was talking about. I was talking about the stickers and the customizability mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And I will say the one with oh. the sticker thing, it seemed like there were a lot of attacks and everything, but they were all samey. Everything that was going to take like an area of effect would be, what is it, like power 60, and it would always take, you know, three bars of your thing. There were very little deviations. Yeah. Like, you know, most That's, everything that was one bar would do 30, and it would only be a single attack. But if you wanted the 60s that were area of effect, they would take three, so you could only use it like every other turn. And it was like, uh, is there anything that's going to take 45 and, or 40? Yeah, the, and, the attack variety is a little bit lame, and it looks like you get like rare and uncommon stickers, too. Mm -hmm, um, you do. They're shiny. And I, I, that's what I've been using is a lot of the rare, more rare and uncommon ones just for a little bit of variety. Um, but it, it's still nice to be able to uh, ending up with a monster like, oh, this is a really good ability. I'm going to peel it off and stick it on my uh, ghost sheep because that's who, who I picked at the beginning. And see, and there was another reason that gave me very little incentive to switch out my party a lot. If I would get somebody really good for a while, I'd be like, oh, this is awesome. And then I would be like, eh, really, I'm just using them before this one attack. So let me yeah. pull this attack off and go back to using who I wanted to before. Which, yeah. again, that's a good thing, too. You just want to use who you want to use, and you can. Mm -hmm. uh, and I like the creativity of all the different monster designs and the, some of the puns. Um, oh yeah, it's it's definitely it's up there. Uh, the the one that cracked me up the most was a, a uh, ghost bartender called Gin and Tonic. Um, Gin spelled like D J I N. Yeah, he was a yeah, and he looks like a genie coming out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that one cracked me up. Shaken, uh, not stirred. Say what? Did, did they do any puns like shaken, not stirred, or anything? Um, I think I believe so. I'd have to look at the move list, but mm -hmm. the like, there's one where he chucks bottles. Um, the, there's one where he like chucks a Molotov. Uh, so some of the 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 names are punny as some of the move names are punny as well. Um, you also have a move called glitter bomb that turns uh, monsters shiny. And, that, and when they hit the other person, doesn't it become shiny? Yeah. Like the glitter spreads because oh, yeah. because it's glitter. Yeah, because yeah. it's glitter. Yeah. Oh, and they have so many different things. Like, and you know, there's so like there's plastic monsters, and of course, you know, fire monsters melt the plastic and turn. But that doesn't just like turn them. Well, it's a modern it elemental them, system. <laughs> yes. But they don't just stay plastic then. Then they become poison type for like the rest of the battle because the fumes, the fumes given off. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it the, is. It's got a lot of that stuff. It has so much that I was like, I can't. <laughs> I can't plan for this. Like in Pokemon, I can maybe make a party of six that could cover it all. This one, I'm like, this is this is you know calculus. I can't solve this. Oh, 
I haven't bothered with the tight matching at all. No, and, it, it's and, not that hard that you need to. So, and that that has screwed me over some in some oh, fights, yeah. uh, particularly mm-hmm. with the bosses. But then I just uh, use a poison move on them. There, there was one boss that I I only beat by. That, that kept putting me to sleep, so I only beat it by having uh, confusing my monster with the one that had a toxic body ability so that it would just poison itself to death. Because um, if I would have went into that fight with an actual strategy, I probably would have won. Or, I mean, I did win at the end of the day, but it would have taken me a lot quicker to win. Um, and, and that's the other thing, too, I forgot to mention, that the, these monsters, any of them in the game confuse. They they all fuse together and look like a cohesive fusion. It's yeah, like that, some some kind of algorithm that they do, kind of yeah, like with Poke Fusions. What is there? One hundred and twenty monsters, so there's fourteen thousand four hundred fusions. Mm-hmm. And you can go into the menu and see how many of those fourteen thousand four hundred you've unlocked. That's a lot. It is a lot. And apparently, I was reading that some of them were actually designed by the design team. Um, I think with the starters. I hope some of them are procedural, because that's a lot of uh, Most of them are. Yeah, right. I, I, <laughs> I want to say about 14,380 are. Uh, all right. <laughs> like, 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 Chris, have you ever But they look to, good. They look good. Have you ever gone to pokefusions.net? No. Um, Am I supposed to have? Well, this well, is what the, you can do the rest of the podcast. Oh, no. Well, yeah, they, is this safe for work? Yeah. Um, it basically lets you fuse two Pokemon together to create a Mega Pokemon. And the way the way they do it is they kind of combine is the Is it palette. this site? Is this the one? Yeah. Hmm. You just hit random, and some of them work uh, work really well, and some of them just become Eldritch Horrors. Uh, people have done fan art of some of the particularly interesting ones. Um, Oof. No, I don't want this. <laughs> <laughs> it, it works best with the original 150. Once you get into the full Pokedex, it gets kind of Yeah, just like yeah. Pokemon in general. Yeah. It's like they stopped designing Please. after the first gen. Please do that with the sound all the way up, by the way. Yeah, was it was it was in my ears. In my ears. Yeah. <laughs> See, I have the stream muted, so I didn't hear it. I don't think it oh, went gosh. to the stream, but it oh didn't. gosh, that was loud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I'm almost done with cassette because I, I'm really enjoying it. Just if if, if any of you do listener play it, it behooves you to kind of look up a, gu- a starter guide to figure out kind of what you need to f- focus on for upgrades first, and kind of what quests you need to start first to get you rolling because the game doesn't really do a good job of telling you what you need to do, go and do first. It doesn't. Um, and yeah, we were talking about the other night that I like bounced off this game. I had it like three weeks ahead of the, uh, the launch date. And for two weeks I would play it like 15, 20 minutes a night. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm five hours into this. I don't know what I'm doing. And it wasn't until I took a day off of work. Um, the school year was you had to take a day off of work for this game. <laughs> I took a day off of work for this. Well, you know, we're, as teachers, you use them mm-hmm. or lose them, at least at my school. So it was like, mm-hmm. eh, you know, I got a little cough. I didn't have a good Sunday. I didn't sleep well. So I'm just going to take Monday off. I sat and played this for like eight straight hours. And even then I was like, OK, so I'm like 13, 14 hours into this. 
and I've beaten two of the Rangers, like is what their um, pokey leaders are. And I realized this is supposed to be like a 20 hour game. And here I am 12 hours into it. And I've done like two out of five, two out of eight or two out of 10, whatever it was going to end up being. And it, it was a long time before I realized I'd been walking past this one rock all the time and wondering like, uh, what about that rock? Finally, I made the effort to get up to the rock and shove it over. And it led me down into a subway station, which was like another boss, which then unlocked like all these. Other, I was like, Oh my God. It was Had literally just, hidden under a rock. It was literally hidden under a rock and it wasn't signposted very well. And that, yeah. that, once I like that one suddenly made like 10 other dominoes fall and like between our 13 and 15, like I almost got to where they, I probably should have been at hour 15. Yeah. So the, so the rain, I mean, there isn't like any poke gyms or anything. The, the Rangers are just out in the open. They look like regular people. <laughs> yeah. And unless, and there, there's people that attack you. Just like in Pokemon, like where they see you, they'll come up and challenge you to a fight. So you're kind of going out of your way to avoid people on the map because you're trying to get through an area. So if you don't think to talk to some of these people that are just out on the map, you're not going to be making any progress. Um, yeah, and, and then, like you said, the Rangers, they're done, they don't all look the same either. So, yeah, you're, you're just walking by like, oh, I don't want to get in that battle right now. And you find out like three hours later, oh, damn, that was the next ranger. I should have been challenging. Yeah, like one of the ones I think I walked by like 20 times, uh, not even trying to avoid it because I didn't want to get into a fight. And then I'm starting to hunt these guys down and see, oh, I was I was supposed to fight that person. OK. Yep. <laughs> um, and this, this so, game just didn't have enough people to play it before it came out for the developers to kind of realize like, oh, we need to signpost this stuff yeah. better. People yeah. are had a lot of great ideas. It was a lot of great ideas here. And I think it, you, you're liking it now. I ended up really enjoying it. Um, I, I mean, I was thinking at like fi hour 15, I'm like, this is a 2.5. Screw this game. And by like hour 20, it was like, wow, this is like a 3.54. Like, got to bring it down to 3.5 because I did have a lot of frustrating hours with it because of a lot of those issues. But no, oh, it was... It was enjoyable. I'm glad I got it. Glad I played it. I'm glad you enjoyed it because it made me want to uh, want to play it, and I'm now enjoying it. Just just know that you kind of got to pay attention to a little bit to your quest. And they attempt to sign signpost stuff by having like a rumor system around town to where if a quest is been hanging in your log for a long time, random NPCs in the town will be like, "Uh, hey." We, we saw something over in this area. You might want to go check it out. Mm -hmm. um, which I found kind of helped after I started following a lot of those. <laughs> Once you actually listen to the game and actually talk to NPCs. Yeah. Yeah. No, I did the same thing, too. I'm like, ah, I'll just find stuff out there. It's fine. And I'm yeah. like, oh, maybe I should listen to people. Well, so many times NPCs are just something there to be ignored. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yep. Um, and and then the final game I played, I won't get into it too much because uh, I've been going on a long time anyway. But I I started playing Persona Five Strikers because we're doing a backtrack on that in September. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, and I'm enjoying that so far. But one one thing I picked up this week for a Prime Day sale was a SSD for my PS5 because um, they had the one of the really good Samsung ones two terabyte Samsung ones uh, with a built-in heatsink on sale for like 99 bucks. Mm. And 
um, well, man, playing PS4 games off the SSD, that those are just so freaking fast. It's like I don't even have time to read the tool tips. That's how mm-hmm. fast they load. <laughs> Um, so I will have more to report on Strikers uh, probably probably later on because I'm only like in the first palace. I mean, it's it's a Persona Muso. There's not really a lot to talk about it. So, of course, we're doing a backtrack, <laughs> whole backtrack on it. I enjoyed it more than Persona 5. <laughs> hey. Ooh. Hey, you know what? I, it, I This is one that I'm planning on playing for the podcast, too, unless I get weighted down by a couple of review games next month. But um, no, I'm looking forward to this. And yeah, I, no. I spent a hundred hours on Persona Five last year. I finally, finally got around to it, and while well, I enjoyed it, that I think there's room for, for better. So, I could see yeah. that, Josh. Well, well, it, it had the advantage of not overstaying its welcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I hope it was that's like a very good, very good melding of Muso and and Persona in terms of the combat, and then you know, just like, oh, hey, we're just a little side game. Here, we're not going to take up 80 or 100 hours of your time. Oh, thank God. Okay, yeah, yeah that, that that makes me feel good because I was getting really annoyed at get into a fight, 20 minutes of talking, get into a fight, 20 minutes of talking. And I'm like, I'm playing a Muso. I want to go beat up things. Um, yeah, but it's a Persona whole... Muso, so. Yeah. <laughs> it, There's it, a lot it, of a the talking has in to both happen. directions yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but. I don't know if any of you guys have upgraded your PS5 with an SSD or not. My PS, the PS5 comes with an SSD, Kelly. I know. But so I don't need to <laughs> buy another one if I don't need extra room. Oh, I I have a feeling I'm going to need the extra room for when Final Fantasy VII Rebirth comes out. Cause you don't have to install all the games at once. No, but... Still, if I've got stuff like I stick stuff that on no there was that, uh yes I do. Okay, you know I've got I've got like a queue of backtrack games I'm going to be playing this year, so I. I but you stuck can't play them all at the same time, Chris. What? I I want them ready to go so Why? That I have time to play them. You just need the next one ready to go. You don't need all of them ready to go. Chris, start stop harshing her vibe. I, yeah, I'm just saying it's. I, I don't follow your logic, all right? I I, I was really happy with my deal. Okay, fine. <laughs> it is a good go deal. I'm not, <laughs> the deal was good. I think it's a good deal. I just I question the necessity. But, but oh, yeah, also, there's plenty of stuff I could go out and get a great deal on. Hey, look look at this. I got a twenty to, twenty slice toaster. You know, there's only ooh, eight dollars. Hold on, Prime Day. where can I get that? <laughs> I got a lot of toast I want to make. And you're making a lot of sandwiches at once. And you know what? Everyone puts a different religious figure's head on it. Oh no! I'm. Oh no! You we get to have bread? toast battles. But what I was trying to say was, well, well, one, going transferring stuff from the SSD to the uh, new SSD like took seconds but transferring stuff from my por- my portable hard drive to the SSD was like this is going to take all night right <laughs> which was kind of irritating a little bit but um so so I dealt with that but then also <laughs> trying to get well I hate the design of the PS5 I think it's the stupidest designed console ever and trying to get that top panel off is a mofo because it feels (laughs) like you're breaking it yep and then 
Yeah, I bought the replacement panels from D Brand, and it looks a little better now. It got rid of the uh, the popped collar the PS Five comes with, but. <laughs> <laughs> Like I, I'm sitting here at the kitchen table trying to get this panel off without ripping my PS5 yeah, in two. That's how I felt. And, <laughs> and then it, it comes off, and because I'm putting so much pressure on it, well, because tr- like you have to do a lift and slide. Mm-hmm. Well, I finally got the lift off, and it just slid off across Whee! the room. And I hear Va- Vaughn from the other room like, "Do you need help?" I'm like, "No, I got it off fine now." <laughs> and then you know, once you get panel off it's just a matter of um putting it in the right slot or putting it in the slot and putting the right screw in and there you go it's it's easy as hell to upgrade it's the most smooth upgrade i've ever had for uh doing console surgery like that except for getting the damn panel off (laughs) what you're saying is you missed the little ram slot from the n64 a little bit yeah yeah xbox has that now Mm. yeah but the xbox one just sticks out yeah. Like you plug it in, and it's a little, and that's it. You, well, that, memory card. Yep. <laughs> With a terabyte of memory. It's like, that's so all you get. The, <laughs> I mean, they're proprietary memory cards. Do they cost an arm and a leg? Uh, they're uh, not as cheap as what you some. got. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're okay. not as cheap as just an SSD. They should be because the that's all they think, are. But the I think the proprietary. one terabyte on Amazon Prime Day was like one thirty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because so that. Expensive. Yeah, because I mean, I, I follow Wario sixty four on Twitter, and I I see those SSDs go on sale all the time, and uh, decided I was going to get one before Rebirth came out next year, and just doing a little bit of research and stuff. And when I saw that the one that I had wish listed was on sale for ninety nine dollars, it's like, oh, I, I guess I'm stimulating the uh, Amazon economy today. Yeah, Bezos really uh, needs it. <laughs> Because I, I bought that and accidentally bought a game I already had and a uh, automatic laser pointer for the cat. Which the cats like that laser pointer. I hope so. Um, but the, the game I accidentally bought, I'm sending to Wheels because he it was uh, one of the Story of Seasons game and games and he wants to play it with his daughter. It's like, oh, okay, I, I'll send that to you. Um, just It might take a while for me to find an envelope and stuff. So that that was my Prime Day haul, and that's pretty much all I've been playing. Um, Should I follow that? (laughs) Yeah, go go ahead. All right, so I finally, it took me three straight nights of going through, like, the end, but I uh, rolled credits on Harvestella, got the good ending after uh, going with the bad ending. And I'd kind of, like, briefly looked at Alex's review back in December when he played it, um... I was like, well, I know I'm going to get it, so I don't want to. I don't want to read too deep into this. Um, it's, you know, it's Rune Factory, made by Square Enix. It's fine. It'll be. Didn't it'll he be not fine. like it that much? No, he gave it a four. Oh, yeah, he loved it. Oh, never mind. He and and you know, Alex, I don't think he's a big uh, player of these kind of games. I don't think he's the farm sim guy. And. He, uh, like looking at the end, I was like, wow, like this is exactly what I would have probably written for this. Um, he, the story goes surprisingly hard, but it pulls it off ex- excellently. I was like dying halfway through the game. I did one side quest that I was like, oh, oh my God, I know that image. I, I know what they're talking about. Holy crap. That like totally blows my mind where this is set. What's going on here? Like just one random thing. If you didn't do the side quest. You find out later, you get a better idea, but 
like there was just a hint of something. And I think until then I was like, these are all good little character stories. But then I got to that and it was one of those moments that I was like, oh my God, like, wow. And then just the rest of the story near the end, just like, holy crap, they're doing this. And this is where this is. And wow, that's great. He gave the story a five. I completely agree with that. And uh, Kelly, I know kind of like me, if you're playing a game on the Switch, the volume's usually not on. Mm-hmm. So um, the few times I did turn it on, though, I'm like, wow, this is really good. Like, I'm up on the airship. I'm like, hell yeah, let's go. This is awesome. And a couple boss battles and e- just peaceful stuff around town, too. I was like, this is damn good. And I, I feel like I'm not the one to judge the music and sound too well because I do play a lot of games like that. And then I look on here and Alex gave the music and sound a five and said it was a superb soundtrack. I'm like, OK, OK. Like, I, I, I heard that well as myself. Um, the gameplay loop. Great. I, I, you know, wake up, water your crops, whatever. Um, I felt like by halfway I was setting up sprinklers. Um, the only thing I wish you could have done a little bit earlier was break these big damn rocks that block your uh, making your garden the exact or your farmland the exact shape and whatever you want it to be. I think that unlocked a little bit too late. You had to get through like four chapters before you could get the ability to break these big rocks. I'm like, oh. And once that was set, like then I could have my farm set up the way I wanted for the next 30 hours. Um, but I came in at around 66, 67 hours. I go on a what is it? How long to beat? That's the exact average. 66 hours, um, 67 hours to do the main plus extra. I'm like, oh, yeah, because I did everything. There was a uh, 10 main side people and each one of them had 10 side quests you could do with them, kind of like a relationship system. There was no marriage or anything. And you didn't have to give gifts. I kind of I kind of like that. Like they simplified a little. The farming was a little easier. There was no gifts to give. Did you have to carry um, your dog around to impress ladies? Nope. Nope. All right. Didn't have to do that. Wow. Do you get a cat? Uh, <laughs> nope. No cat. Aw. Um, two two out of uni- ten, no cat. <laughs> there's a unicorn. Um, okay. Do you carry the unicorn but, around to impress your ladies? No, no, no. You're oh. a unicorn servant. Oh. The unicorn talked down to you quite a bit, like, yo, servant, come on. <laughs> And, and it kept even joking with you, like, towards the end, the unicorn's like, I can't wait to jump on your black back, and we go riding through, and you're like, wait a minute, aren't <laughs> I supposed to ride you? It's like, we're not there yet. <laughs> the writing was really good, and um, I'll say, there was maybe too many, but uh, there was a lot of dialogue choices that, of course, made zero impact or whatever, but I will say, like, a couple times that I reset and picked the dialogue, they at least had some good quips. I mean, it was always going to happen the same way, but they had some good quips and response to yours, and a lot of times you could make some funny comments um, to people, so the writing in general was just really good, Um, and I agree with... uh, Alex's assessment here of like the negatives, the combat's a bit bland. They have 12, I want to say 12 different jobs in this game. You keep unlocking jobs as you meet new people and everything. And my God, there's no ability to dodge in this game. So you're either just going up and chopping, which in Rune Factor games is great because most of the time, if you're fast chopping, it stuns them a little bit and you, you know, you just keep chopping. You're fine. Um, or, you know, hit and move away. The hitbox in this game was ridiculous. I, I felt like if I, I was inches away from them and they swing, I'm like, they're nowhere near me and I would still take damage. I'm like, really? How'd that even hit me? Um, but knowing that that was going to be the case, I, early on, you unlock Mage. 
I just played as a mage the whole game. I, I did, there was even like all this stuff about you can switch what you're doing in combat. You can switch jobs mid combat to three different jobs, and each job has its own skill tree. I kind of did not engage with that the whole game. I played as a mage. I stayed back. I picked two. You could have two of your helpers with you. I picked two good melee people right from the beginning. I think the second town, I just took those two and rode them the whole game. I spent all my money upgrading their stuff. My stuff didn't really engage with the whole um, 12 job thing. I just, and it, and it worked. Like I, I, a lot of enemies were weak to magic or if, even if it just hit at the right thing, I was always a little bit higher level than I could have been. It, it was just really enjoyable. Um, the whole way through, I'm a little spoiled. I was talking to Kelly. I'm like, you know, I'm really hoping to get the uh, Rune Factory 3 code here pretty soon. I reviewed the last two for us and uh, four special and five and crossed my fingers for three special. And I'm like, oh, man, I enjoyed that game. But this might be a lot of farming in a row. I just did 67 hours of farming. <laughs> yeah. When I was trying to pawn off that uh story of seasons game on you it's like well shit oh yeah you he's a little you asked about it and i was like nope i'm good (laughs) farmed out (laughs) farm that out to somebody else Uh, wheels wheels (laughs) was interested though so that was good yeah but uh yeah harvestella i'm this was one that uh i kind of made myself a promise this year that if i was going to buy an older game or not buy dragon quest or something i really like octopath traveler 2 or something like a big name game that was going to come out I'm like, listen, I don't need to buy these things day one without knowing about it. I'm going to wait for these 50% off sales. And I did that for six months with Harvestella. I think I bought it at the end of May from uh, Amazon UK had a sale. And it shipped from UK. It took two and a half weeks to get over here. But I paid exactly $30 for it. And I'm like, damn, I shouldn't have waited so long. That was actually really good. So... Uh, at the same time, that that game, I will have to say, that, that kind of put me at a little bit of odds because right at the beginning of June, I got the review code for the Etrian Odyssey Origins collection. And I know Phil talked about that last month, um, but he came at it from the PC angle. And I've like gone through a stratum of each of the three games. I, I, I wanted to get into each game pretty well, although, I mean, at this point, they're all kind of the same in terms of mechanics but playing it on the switch has been great like i said i've got through a stratum of each of the games i need to write an impression deep look something like that for all three of these but i mean it's it's the original base games it's got some quality of life improvements for all of them um but they're beautiful the graphics are beautiful the sounds a lot of the music's been re-recorded um you know reading there's been like one or two new tracks even in the uh late game for the third title um, I put the most time in Etrian Odyssey 3 because that's the one I haven't played in forever. 1 and 2 already got the remakes with the Untold. And I really, really wish those would have been on here, but I get it. They're, they're, this is the Origins collection they wanted to do, take you back to DS times. But I've even been, I, I'll say with 3, for probably the 15 hours I put into that, I really got, I wanted to train myself to get used to the... Uh, mapping with the buttons only so i'd press zr to pick the thing and i'd use the right control stick to pick what i wanted to put on the map and use the zr and put things down and trace stuff and whatever i i put on the full auto mapping so i didn't have to draw pathways and walls but there's a lot of other stuff to put in 
Etrian Odyssey maps. And like I said, 15 hours with that, I it was fine. Like after about three or four hours, it was just muscle memory um, doing the mapping like that. And I had a friend who just got it the other day and he's like, I don't know if you notice, he goes, but did you notice that the mapping, there's an option to turn it on left hand mode? And I was like, oh, I didn't, being right-handed, I wouldn't even have thought of that. But sure enough, going to the options, there's a left-hand mode. Because normally, what I've done, the default is you bring up the map, it takes up about the right third of the screen and still leaves you your visual cues in the middle. And playing more of Etrian Odyssey 1 and 2 to get through their first stratums, they, I, I've started just using my finger to do what I need to do on my Switch. It works beautifully. Like... Uh, I even thought about, I considered getting one of the, uh, what is it, the kind of touch, uh, the stylus. Oh, stylus, yeah. Yeah, you got to use the stylus that works with the Switch, or it's the same ones that work with uh, smartphones. Um, but no, like, I, everything I've been able to do with my finger is just fine. And it's just a little click, and I'm like, wow, this is even faster than using the buttons. And <laughs> it, it it's really been great. Like, I've enjoyed playing through each of those for like 10, 15 hours, and Finally got to finish the other half of that a month later here. So you've been <laughs> playing it all in handheld mode, or you've been playing some on TV to see how I that is? I played a little bit on the TV to see how it is. I mean, it doesn't look much different. I don't have the best eyesight, so, you know, <laughs> even on a big screen 10 feet away, it doesn't look as nice as one foot away on my little screen. Um, but, no, it, it does. It looks great on the TV, putting my glasses on and trying it that way. It's good. Um, I did that more when I had three, when I was playing the third one, because I was trying to get used to the buttons, I'm like, well, if I'm not looking at a screen right in front of me, I'll be, <laughs> I got to force myself not to touch it. Um, but then, yeah, playing the last two in bed most nights for an hour after Harvestella, uh, it's, it's really good. I, I definitely, if you have, if you played the untolds, you can probably skip one and two and, you know, play three for the first time in a decade. But, they're all they're all very good ports. They're crisp. They look nice, sound nice. And they play like you'd expect like Nexus or uh, five did. You know, it's got a lot of those improvements. At least where they were improved in terms of basic fighting and whatever. Other than that, it, it's the old game. You got the old classes. It does what it does. You still gotta and, mine and chop and take and <laughs> and see I'm conflicted because I want these to do well so that they'll make a new one for the switch, but I also think that forty dollars each for those is a little bit steep. Oh, it is. It's completely steep because you know what? What three months ago you could have bought Untold for forty dollars on the eShop. Well, even less than that because those went on sale for dirt cheap oh, all yeah, yeah. the time. So, you know, I Did get it. Did they pull Untold? No, eShop. Well, eShop's closed. Oh, um, uh, the eShop, the three, right. The 3DS eShop, right, sorry. Right, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's kind of strategic that this released mm-hmm. right after that went away. Like, okay. Well, you know they thought about it. Oh, you know they did. This might have been ready a year ago, but who's going to buy one and two? When there's better versions out. Yeah. When there's better versions sitting on the 3DS for half price or less. Hmm. So... You know, I, I'm the same way with Kelly. You know what? I'm glad I got the review code. Um, maybe I'll buy three just to support that one. But it's 
that they're good games. They're good games. If you've never played them, now you can. Um, if you played them before, I don't. I, I don't know what the appeal of going back to the basic version of one and two is, unless you just really like that and you like playing around with the party. Um, three is where it introduces subclasses. So, you know, in one and two, you got like seven or eight jobs, and then you may get one or two more as the story progresses. Uh, I think like two added two extra jobs to that, but three dumps all the classes from the first two, gives you like 10 new jobs. Then you get two more later and you can subclass. So, you know, you've got hundreds of options at that point. Three, three is, I think where it kind of really blew up in terms of all the cool stuff that it did. And it, it made me very upset that we never got a uh, untold version of three because of the original DS trilogy. I thought that one was the best one. Oh yeah. I mean, it, these are very iterative. I mean, they, they got a little bit better every time and, Definitely three uh, with the what is it the ship exploration? I loved that. I've, oh I've done God. that so much. I, yep. I couldn't get enough of that. And, and they they built on that in four with the airship exploration. Yep, yep, yeah. Four had more of an four had like a real overworld because mm-hmm. you would travel to uh, different dungeons. It wasn't just one big labyrinth that went straight down twenty five thirty floors. So uh, when I write my impression, I'm definitely gonna. Um, link our old reviews and be like all our old reviews are pretty good 3.5 4 say you know story-wise and everything these are these are the games that we reviewed 10 years ago and but they really look beautiful on the switch and both you like i said if you if you were someone who's like all right i'm gonna spend the is it 80 dollars to get all of them basically it's like buy two get one free or is it 90 dollars mm-hmm. to get the whole collection something like that i think it's um, 80 yeah so if you were to spend the 80 dollars you're going to get yourself almost 200 hours of uh, content. I know when Alex asked if I wanted to review these, I was like, so I'm not going to review these. I'm not going to put in 200 hours and <laughs> credits on all three games. I will happily put like 10 or 15 hours into each one of these games, play through a stratum or two and uh, write a, you know, a deep look at the whole collection or whatever. But uh, yeah, I'm not going to roll credits on any of these anytime soon. So Time to write that deep look, and it, it, it's good. It's it's the original games that look beautiful. If you want to touch your screen because it's right there, it is very responsive. It worked very easy. I've not had, and I don't have, like, super small fingers or anything. It works very well, and using the ZR button on the top, whether if you're playing on the big screen or even in handheld mode, I, I, I forced myself to do both for at least 15 hours, and both ways works just fine. You've got options now. So I'm excited for, you know, well, you said, Kelly, they're, they're making another one. They said they are. And uh, these games don't have to uh, really break a lot of new ground every time. Give me some new classes. Give me some interesting monsters because I think that's a bit a lot of bit a lot of it. Um, you know, you can bind different body parts in these things. You can do all the different status effects. There's a lot of different ways to keep the monsters from doing certain stuff. Um, I've seen a lot of pictures lately. Now that a, one of my good friends that loves these games finally got it the other day, he bought a Korean copy because it has English language options built in. He bought the Korean physical. And um, he, he's just having a ball with it. And he keeps sending me videos of people that are taking down the foes in, you know, the low level teams, taking them down because they know to bind the legs, poison the head, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and as much as like, I'm, nope, con- I'm too scared to do that. 
as much as I'm complaining about the price, I'm looking up the prices on the for the original DS games on eBay, and they have shot up so bad. Um, tr- getting getting an ink, an American cart of Veteran Odyssey One is going to set you about sixty bucks. Um, oh yeah, I mean it's you know what it's availability. Yeah, they've made these games available again. Did they? You know, do it in a cheap way? No. Did they do the best versions? No. But they're available, and they look nice, and they play nice. So if you're ready for a 10-year-old dungeon-crawling adventure, it's there. And they're good. They're still good. It's like, geez, uh, that that third game is hitting, hitting 200 bucks. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> that That is the game that... I, that's the first Etrian Odyssey that I put over 100 hours into. And it was that damn sailing that did it. <laughs> yeah. I, I think all my other Etrian games, if I load up my 3DS and, like, look, they're all, like, stacked in a row in my playtime. They're all between, like, 55 and 65 hours. And then Etrian 3 is, like, 105. Yeah. So, so if you're on a budget and you want to play one of them, I would definitely recommend 3. Yes. Um, it, it's the best one. That, yeah, these aren't in any way linked. Yeah, no. Um, and you know, gosh, same story in each. You, oh, yeah. you're an adventurer. You're making a team. There's a labyrinth. Go to the bottom of the labyrinth. There's a mystery there. We, we got to solve it. The local town needs your help. I, I, almost, and, I almost accidentally boarded out the spoiler in the first one. <laughs> yeah, don't. <laughs> I, I don't remember if the second one has like as big a spoiler, but even even number three with the subclassing, there's a cool option halfway through number three where you get to pick a side. And it makes a difference for the rest of the game. Yep. Yep. So it, three has overworld exploration with boats. Um, it's got all the traditional labyrinth straight down to level 25. Every five levels is a stratum. Boss at the bottom. Lots of side quests to get be had at the bar. Kill stuff. Take the body parts back. Trade them in. You'll get money and no, unlock new stuff and go do it again and again and again. Oh, and b- before I forget, um, if if you play in quiet mode like me and Matt do on your Switch, um, don't for these games because they have amazing soundtracks. Yes, they do, and they, um, they were also retouched for this. Oh, so even even better. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure it's Yuzo Koshiro that did all these soundtracks. Uh, yeah, your guess is better than mine. <laughs> I'm I'm fairly certain. Correct me if I'm wrong audience but i cannot get it up and where would we know them from yuzo kashiro yeah uh where would you know yuzo kashiro from yeah uh ease a lot of sega stuff gosh who else or what else like like a real famous video game musician like right up there with uh no no boy act razor yeah ease you've heard the jingles for somebody's smash Youtubes. (laughs) Youtubes. <laughs> He's all over the place. He does a lot, dabbles in everything. Nice. Streets of Rage. There you go. That's a game I know. Four Streets of Rage. Four. Oh, not two. Two is the one with there's, the soundtrack. There, there's a whole lot on here. <laughs> it might be. He these goes back to the '80s doing this. So he was at Falcom in the '80s, freelancing in the '80s and '90s. Ancient Corp. All right. He was Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. My goodness. 
Oh, I didn't know he had had done Sonic the Hedgehog stuff. I, yeah. Oh, wait, wait. The soundtracks were Streets of Rage and Streets of Rage 2. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he you're right. He was with Sega and doing a lot of Sega stuff in the 90s. So. I mean, I mean basically, if the Genesis is known for having kind of a notoriously shitty sound, if, if the sound was good. Because it literally like, sounded like farts. Yeah, no, if, if the sound was good on a Sega game, it was it probably Yuzo Kishiro. Yuzo yes. Kishiro. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, he's been doing Etrian Odyssey for... He did the Seventh Dragon, Criminal Girls. Did he do, like... Oh, uh, anyway, we should move on. <laughs> Go ahead. We have Go other ahead. things to do. Folks, I did not finish Final Fantasy sixteen. Why? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Because I went away on vacation for a bit, so I couldn't play, and then I haven't been able to get back into it since. Um, not a, out of choice, just a lot of situational things going on. Um, so I will. It's just uh, hasn't been done yet, so I'm sorry I didn't finish 16. Uh, I've been playing more Diablo 4, and I might be at the point where it's like, I don't know that I want to keep grinding on this game, because I love the Diablo 2 grind, or at least I did when I was in college. <laughs> There, um, the Diablo 4 grind has yeah. some issues. It hits different, and um, even if it hit the same, I don't know if I'd be up for it now, because I'm older. Um, I don't know. I still haven't figured it out. Uh, I'm working on a new build. I'm still playing it. I haven't decided to give up yet. I've just gotten close to thinking about it. Um, and Season 1's about to start next week, so do you hear this? Do you hear this? They're doing the Season 1. You get the Malignant Hearts, and it, they're going to have, like, Things you can you can grind for that have like really powerful buffs that are going to make a bunch of new builds. You know the thing you do in an action RPG season, and and the internet's still upset that they have to start over new characters because they don't understand like this is how the game was designed, and you want a different way for your action RPG to work, and that's fine. But that's not that's not this game. But the internet hasn't accepted it, and the developers can't do anything about it. That's Isn't all the fun going of this on. Game leveling new characters. Apparently, apparently not for some people. Um, actually, there's some systems in this game that just suck to have to redo, like the renown system. Okay. And I agree. Like, I don't want to do that crap again. And some of that you're gonna have to redo in a new season. That that does suck, but uh, that's where we're at. Uh, at least for season one, uh, which is part of why I'm like, maybe I need to just come back for like season four or something and be like, yeah, they've done a lot of new things. Let's try out Diablo four season four or something like that, whenever that comes out. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think with my, the special duper edition I bought that I have a free premium battle pass free. I have a premium battle pass for the first season that, uh, I don't think will last if I, you know, to the later season. So I might give season one a try just to, to see if it's, uh, if it's any different, but, uh, whoa, what I've been doing in the meantime is I, I'm, I've converted my sorcerer, sorceress, sorceress from, uh, is that a, is that like a rhinoceros sorcerer, sorceress? I've converted her from firewall to ice shard, um, or no to blizzard. Um, I was thinking about ice shard, but I did blizzard. Cause, um, and yeah, I'm more powerful now, but you know, I need to get new gear and changing, changing loadouts in Diablo four. Let me, fo- let me tell you how this works. You need to go to your ability tab and hit refund all. All right, cool. 
400,000 gold later and I've refunded all my ability points and now I go read a guide and figure out how to reallocate them. Fair enough. All right, cool. Now go to your Paragon boards and unclick them one by one. <laughs> you have uh four you have uh 100 Paragon points allocated. You need to right click on them 100 times to go back to to the starting point. And uh oh. you're paying gold on each one. <laughs> Uh, th- that should get patched to be just you think click all. yeah it's- but they didn't and they haven't acknowledged it um i'm sure they're thinking about it it's just like why guys why <laughs> it, i guess they didn't think you'd so a lot of other arpgs and like diablo 2 back in its day the way you would do a new build is can you fill in the blanks here kelly you didn't have a new build you make a new character. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Respect. Yeah. So, um, things have changed in the last 30 years. <laughs> so, now, uh, some games like Path of Exile, yeah, you need a new character for most new builds. Um, unless they're slight tweaks or, or side builds very close to the build you have. In which case, you can use some in-game items to erase some nodes and reallocate. Most most other ones, though, it's, uh, <laughs> Vaughn doesn't understand the words I'm saying, apparently. Sorry. Uh, for, for the most part, with the, uh, with the builds in, in, you know, action RPGs nowadays, like Diablo 3, it was just reallocate some skill points and, uh, you know, switch your, your, your set items, right? Yeah, I, I really liked how Diablo 3 did it, because, um... Every time you gained a new level, you got like a, a new rune or something. So it was fun to just go in and play around with all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so Diablo 4 is a different game. They wanted to make the skill tree be more significant, which means you take away some of that flexibility if you want to have like commitment mean something and whatnot. Um, and actually, the skill tree isn't too too bad. It's the uh, Paragon board that has a lot of the customization. But there's so many nodes on the Paragon board that most of the Paragon board board nodes don't mean anything because they, they, they have to be small otherwise they'd be overpowerful because there's so many of them. anyway it's a whole thing uh so where, where was i going with this the uh i don't actually remember where i was going with this uh oh right so respecking is not really a thing that the interface is designed for yet it's very clearly a thing you need to do in this game because only some builds are good and so there are two ways to deal with that, right? So if you are a game where you need to make a new character to try out a new build, you you would just make the new character. But then the presumption would be it, you know, you wouldn't have to wait too long to see that new build, you know, actually exist. Well, that's not how it works here because you need to like grind for a while to get levels. This game is not a fast leveling game. You you can't just power level up you know in four hours well maybe you can if you're a speedrunner i can't and it's it's a big commitment to make a new character and you're not going to do that just for three different slightly different sorceress builds like you can't get through care i haven't even gotten one character to 100 yet and the idea of getting it ugh, i don't know so and and von like i like not so that's the thing like there's so this is so complicated because then we have um so Vaughn's asking the chat do you mean good as an optimal or good as in literally the only way you can make progress and it's a good point because it it depends on what your goals are 
So the the issue here is for endgame players. If you want to get through the story, all these builds work. If you want to get through the end game, no. And so this is where it comes down to, I'm not going to make a new character for end game builds because it takes so long to get to the end game. And yet there's only so many builds that work. So why isn't the game designed better around trying different builds and switching builds and loads out? And it, it just doesn't oh. seem like it's designed right. So that's an issue. Um, <laughs> but season one, you know, the, you're going to be starting fresh, new ladder. So it, here's your excuse to try a brand new character class or a brand new build on your current character class and, and not feel bad because you're starting fresh with everyone else. And you're going to have new mechanics in this season that should should feel like you're doing something totally different. So anyway, that that's a thing going on. And I don't even remember why I started down this explanation. But uh, oh, yeah. So Diablo 4 has got drama going on and there's things they need to do and they haven't figured it all out and they're working on it. And then, Gee, do you remember when the biggest drama was just the real money auction house? Yeah, I do. I like I've the had... real money auction house, but Reaper of Souls made the game better, so I can't complain. I, uh, I've had Diablo 3 at top of mind Sorry. recently because we're doing a backtrack on it. I should be clear. I didn't weeks. like the real money. You know, we're going to talk about this. Yeah. Yes. Yes, we yeah. are. It's not the That's real money auction house I liked. It's the regular auction house I liked. But whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, trading. Not a not a thing in Diablo 4 for the items that you actually care about getting. <laughs> you can only trade the huh. crappy items. <laughs> you want those what? super uniques? You, yeah, you can't trade those. That would that would make sense. <laughs> it's, so I, I, I don't know what this auction, game is for, you know? So I guess an auction house would be completely irrelevant in Diablo 4, apparently. It would be totally relevant. Like get us get us an auction house so we can, you know, exchange those hard to to find items. But no, we're not gonna do that. Instead, they have super rares, super uniques. Like they have these six items that are so rare they effectively don't exist. Because you are not going to get them. It's easier to win the lottery. <laughs> unless there's a glitch which they had um with the patch a couple weeks ago um they had a um they had a glitch and so people were able to get one of the unique items real easily so they had to they had to totally turn off the ability for those items to drop for a while while they fixed it <laughs> I, like I, oh I, too many people having a good item we can't have fun <laughs> I, I i don't understand that level of rarity in a single well i mean it's multiplayer but it's mostly PVE, right? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't understand that that level of rarity. Yeah, I don't either. I, I don't know what they're going for. Like, I get... They want, like, a chase item, which is cool. But, like, yeah. They, they've kind of taken it to an extreme here that I don't understand. And whatever. It, it doesn't matter. Um, I'm still having fun with the game. Uh, obviously these complaints are coming from, I want the game to be better because I want to put lots of time into it. Like I did with Diablo two. Um, and maybe that's just nostalgia talking and I don't need that again, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been an interesting experience. So in the meantime, though, I saw a streamer playing a video game and I said, Oh, this looks like, Oh no, Oh no, no, no. And so I've gotten hooked on a new game. It's called halls of torment. Let me explain to you Halls of this? Huh? Are you been tormenting yourself with this? I have. Let me explain to you Halls of Torment in uh in in the context of a mashup. Let's take Diablo 1 and combine it with Vampire Survivors. 
<laughs> Halls of Torment. Done. That's it. He's. He said this, and I ran to Steam. I'm like, yes, I need this. Oh, early access? Nope. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> Doesn't matter. Vampire I, Survivors pay- was early access and was really good. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Chris. I'm not paying for the privilege. It's $4. Kelly, it's $4. I'm not paying for the privilege of being a beta tester. It's $4. <laughs> You're, I know you're buying a four dollar experience and you're getting it. I I okay. know. I think Kelly needs to list everything that she has spent four dollars on that have been less than how many hours you put into this. Chris? I don't know yet. Um, do I have to go find out? Let's find out. Uh, Steam. Where are you, Steam? Uh, Five, ten, fifteen. It'll tell me. Uh oh, more than that. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Halls of Torment. Oh no, you're right. Eleven point two hours. All right, so Kelly, we're talking fifty cents an hour of enjoyment here, just to get to the level that Chris is excited about. You won't pay for that. I think. I think there's. I think when it's that cheap, Kelly, and the game is reasonably fleshed out, there's no problem with early access. But whatever, I'm not paying for a promise. I'm paying for what's here, and what's here is good enough. So uh, it's, this is no Kickstarter, like our uh, old question of the Ex- week. This is true. Yeah, no, yeah, no, uh, it's not like Baldur's I, Gate three being an early access, where like I'm playing a narrative game, but the the narrative isn't there yet. That I have a problem with. But like, Chris, go ahead, Chris. I'm only using this as a convenient excuse, excuse not to go down the rabbit hole. I know, right? Yeah. It's like so here's gotta talk you off the ledge. So just so you know which parts of each game that I referenced are in here. The gameplay is vampire survivors, so um automatic attacks. Uh you can aim them if you get if you want in this game, but I don't want to, so I have auto aim on. Um and different characters that you can unlock. They start with different attack or they all have different attacks. Instead of picking up weapons being your main progress, it's how you how you want to upgrade your skills. Do you want better defense, what better attacks, better crit? So you most of your pickups are build based, and then there's abilities you pick up which are like the the vampire survivor weapons. So like I've got orbs floating around me, I've got poison spikes right now, I've got a a dragon breath, and then you can pick whether or not you want to upgrade those. So those are in there as well. So it, it just like uh, vampire survivors you're leveling up and then you know powering up your characters you go and you know you are the bullet hell right this is a bullet heaven so like in the center of the screen is you spewing forth damage and then enemies coming at you so you got that part the aesthetic the the graphics are all diablo (laughs) one it looks like pixelated diablo one monsters and character and it's pretty cool um it's got music that's like diablo one it's got talking person you know talking head portrait cutscenes with scrolling text like diablo one so it it isn't an exact replica of diablo one graphics because if you go back you find out oh those are a bit low resolution Uh, (laughs) but they they you know this is modern and it looks like yeah that that that's the aesthetic is diablo one kind of the setting is diablo one you're you're delving into hell killing monsters and then the gameplay is all vampire survivors so what i would recommend is putting on uh some some more upbeat music because vampire survivors has spoiled me and i need to listen to like dance music when i kill enemies now rather than um diablo one music but other than that for four dollars this game's fantastic (laughs) Um, I, and I, obviously I would pay like 20 bucks for this or more, like, because 
that's what I think a game like Vampire Survivors is worth. But these come out at a low price point and they are succeeding. Uh, It is an early access. There are rough edges like bugs in the interface and stuff you will run into. Uh, It hasn't been enough to really stop me from playing. It's just sometimes I have to like realign the cursor properly to select the right thing. And it's like, eh, whatever. (laughs) Let's kill some monsters. And uh, you got it. And, you know, there's there's progression. There's equipment that you can recover from the depths and characters you unlock and and all that sort of stuff like you get in the Vampire Survivors. And even the first stage has kind of like a little secret collection of things to do to make the first stage's boss easier to kill and stuff. And it's like, yep, you're you're doing all the notes. All right, perfect. Let's go. So this is what I've been playing mostly this week. <laughs> like I'll sit down and I'll I'll start playing Diablo 4 and then I'm like, you know what I could do? I could go kill monsters in the hundreds much more easily in Halls of Torment and then all of a sudden I'm on Halls of Torment. So and it runs great on the Steam Deck, so you need to finish Final Fantasy 16. I know. You're so close. I know. I know. But I've like, been dying to talk about Kelly, the ending. But Kelly, look at these monsters I'm destroying. No, There's I so I, many. I, I see. You 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 have the Musou thing going on, right? Yeah, you're, exactly. You're a, a one man killing machine. I am. But you've also got the giant kaiju battles of uh sixteen that you're missing out so on. So we right need now. to we need Musou Kaiju. Kaiju Musou? Yes. Kaiju Musou? Yes. There we oh go. my god, a freaking Godzilla Musou? Uh, Musou Actually, game? don't they have one? I no, don't there was know. a Godzilla game. I don't think it was a yeah. Musou, was it? No, I think it was just a generic Godzilla game. I, I want one where you're just stomping on or, humans? <laughs> yeah, Godzilla or Mothra or uh, what's the turtle? Gamera? Ga- Gamera just going to town on monsters no mm-hmm. king of the monsters vaughn was i think a, a fighting game well there's also the movies where they fight each other yeah yeah you're having to stop the monster hordes from taking over major cities so or you, you are the monster the hordes mess. killing all the humans in the major cities kind of that, like a reverse a um a reverse um earth defense force that, <laughs> where you're the ants awesome. <laughs> I didn't know I needed this in my life. Yeah, we yeah, we are game designers now. Uh, Toho, make it happen. <laughs> Please. So now what are we doing? Is this, is, did um, everyone go or did Josh need to go? Josh needed to go. All right, Josh, uh, take I, us yeah, home. Thankfully, I, it's not too long because I'm still working on Fuga 2. I'm almost at the end. I'm at the end of Chapter 10. And I haven't stuffed anyone in a cannon yet. So is that a success or a failure, yeah, Kelly? That's a, no, that, that's a success. That's success, uh, yeah. I was going to ask, how's that difficulty treating you? It's it's definitely more difficult than the first game, but I, it hadn't been too too bad. I've been I've been very careful not to use the new uh, weapon that that lets you kind of like make makes the battles easier, but then you lose the experience because I want all that experience. Oh. <laughs> and I've just been very careful on how I pick, you know, like going between the normal and the hard and the easy paths in yeah, the game. I- I mean, I'm I'm proud of you. You're get, doing a lot better than I am if you're at near end game and haven't killed anybody. Because I struggled with that first run. It it's definitely had a few close calls, but it, it's been fun. You know, I, and, I just and, love the gameplay in that game. And and I saw you on Twitter last night saying how much you hated the antagonist. <laughs> He's quite the jerk. <laughs> 
you get to the end and you're like, oh, is there going to be some 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 resolution? Is he going to, you know, like, oh, he he understands now. Is he going to be less of a jerk? No, nah, he's still just going to be a jerk. Okay. <laughs> the 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 one thing I have, you know, they added what do they call it? Judgment chance, where you have these uh, um, as you go along playing the game, they basically added dialogue options where you get to choose, and it's not really like good and evil it's more like empathetic and you know like tough resolution so how much did those choices end up impacting like your your endings that you get um quite a bit okay because it's like i there, there is there like a cutoff point in your you know like i i mean it's very clear it very much tells you like how many of those choices you've made and you know you can see how you know like basically like your level of whether you're higher on empathy and whether you're or whether you're higher on the uh whatever the resolution side and that unlocks like special abilities in the battle but you know that uh, that also kind of unlocks the endings that you have available to you mm-hmm um, you're going to ha- have a point to where, you know, if you want to switch and you're close enough, you're going to be able to pretty easily. Um, if, you, if you're there, like, close within each other. I'm, I'm being trying to be vague here because I don't want to say what happens. Yeah. And then in your subsequent playthrough, um, you can get a thing that doubles that amount. So if you're going for a specific ending... Uh, you can you can get to whatever threshold you want a lot faster. Yeah, I am actually kind of interested in playing the game, you know, seeing some of the extra endings. I think the first game I just kind of played it through once. Got the got the, you know, like good ending where nobody died and just moved on. This one I am yeah. kind of curious to go back and play it again, especially since they let you start over from chapter 7 so you don't have to play through the first part of the game basically. Yeah, yeah, that that's really nice. Yeah. I, I like that kind of idea for this game where you don't, I mean, in a certain sense, it kind of fits into the, uh, the storyline since it, it kind of plays around with that, you know, like the different uh, potential universes sort of thing going on. Uh, and your second playthrough is going to be significantly easier. Yeah. I would imagine you carry over pretty much everything, right? Yep. Good. Um, and what else? Dang it. I was going to tell you something else and I'm um, when you do subsequent playthroughs, do you try to pick the hardest of the hard paths? Well, well, a lot of them are locked out to you the first time you're going through. Yeah. Like, it's got all these ones that you specifically cannot do. It's just like, oh, you can do this in later playthroughs. Yeah, um, you're going to want to do those paths, um, especially since those get, get you some... I, I, they, I, I'm pretty sure they lock you out because they uh, get you some high-level items that you can't normally get that are gotcha. in the game so that if you're not done upgrading all of your facilities or all of your uh weapons you can uh keep working on that without having to get to end game yeah i'm assuming it, it doesn't feel like my tank is like fully leveled out anywhere close to being fully leveled up yet even though i'm like you know in the next to last chapter so i'm assuming it it's left more um you know space for those later playthroughs for the, mm-hmm. the for that kind of the the super hard pass to kind of like go through and still have challenge on the later playthroughs. Yeah, and, and to be honest, what I've what I've been or what I did um, was as I got my upgrades, I started selling off a lot of that other that uh, old 
those old parts that you really don't need anymore. And you can especially do that when you get the facilities themselves upgraded fully. And that that's a good way to get a lot of cash to get um, to upgrade the rest of it or to get you plenty of um, the SP recovering stuff because you're, you're going to need that. <laughs> Those last bosses are going to going to really suck down all the special attacks. Yeah. Go figure. Because you're going to want to be using buffs and debuffs and um, you're going to need access to a lot of healing really quick. And um, I mean, it's not a cakewalk. You really got to pay attention to what you're doing and some of those last fights and and even on uh, multiple playthroughs, like even after your tanks fully kitted out, some of those fights can still be a bit of a challenge. That, that is the one thing about the game. It has so many of these different characters, and there are so many, you know, like all of them have their own little set of skills, and it's almost sometimes hard to remember, like, oh, yeah, I've got this other character with this skill that would be useful here. And I gotta, like, go through all the different, like, the 12 different characters to figure out, like, which one is the one that has it where it can attack all the flying enemies at once? I need to find that guy. Yeah, and and what's interesting is that some characters definitely stand stand out more than others in that regard. Like Kyle, he's the best aerial character in the game. Yeah, because um, he he has AOEs and he has ones uh, can get ones early on that can knock like three levels of armor off at once. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're using them both against both against the aerials and also against anyone who has heavy armor. Mm-hmm. Um, Boron is one of the best cannoneers that you get because he he's the one that has the a like some of the best AOEs that can hit everything. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got Socks the Grenader, who's you're going to be your uh, debuffer. Um, yeah, I need to use Socks more. I don't think I'd use buffs enough. Yeah, because th- th- those can help quite a bit. And then s- some characters excel a whole lot better as the sub-characters, like Sheena um, b- being the passive SP battery. Yeah. Um, I mean, even though she has some of the best heals in the game, but y- you're really better off using... Um, like well, May, yeah. Yeah, yeah, May as, as your dedicated healer. Or um, I used Wappa, even though I find she's so annoying in game. But she's I one of the Wappa, most... though. <laughs> I know. I she, don't want to use Wappa because it's so annoying. Slightly so less annoying. annoying in this game as you, than she was in the first game, but still. But, like, she's got good heals and has good AoEs for uh, hitting some of those weak points to stagger them. So. Yeah. <laughs> um. And and this is all based on opinion too. I know some people would think that Jen is a better cannoneer than Boron, but I th- I think that he's one of the better ones. So um, they they go out of their way to make pretty much every character pretty useful. Um, yeah, yeah. On play style. Yeah, it depends on which way you want to go. And then uh, like I, Boron is really good, although you know all of his uh, you know multi attacks are really expensive, so it kind of depends on whether I want to use that or not. It, it it ends up balancing out. So sometimes I use other characters just because like their special attacks are cheaper. <laughs> yeah, but um, I mean, are you are you feeling it that what I said when I first played this game, where it's like talk about taking a great gameplay system and just polishing it and making it even better. I think so. I think so. I'm really enjoying it. Um, I'm really curious what they're going to do with that third one. 
I know. Like I, I, after they finished the first one, I was a little bit, where are they going to go with this? Okay, and then this game is definitely delving back into the, you know, the history of how the world kind of got to the point to where it is. So I'm curious to see how they finish this up and then where they go in the third one. Yeah, if you do end up unlocking that secret movie, um, you need to tell me what you think. That that sounds like a YouTube thing to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you could, I would wait till you finish the game before you. Oh yeah. YouTube it, but yeah, because uh, that that teaser trailer, man, that goes some places. Ooh, cool. <laughs> oh, I love this series so much. I hope it sells well. <laughs> I th- I, I got my fingers th- crossed for them. I want to think it's doing a lot better. I mean, they've been going to anime conventions. Uh, yeah, yeah. all summer i've i've got i follow their twitter and i've been seeing a lot of they've been retweeting a lot of praise about it so i'm hoping well the the, the plus i know it didn't i know the first one didn't sell that well but on the plus side they were doing everything themselves so mm-hmm. you know whatever comes in is going directly to CyberConnect too so yeah they're not I, having to split it with a localizer yeah I, i've been doing all i can to sing the game's praises and try to uh, recommend it to people uh, i've i've you know gone out of my way even to buy the uh the little uh you know cosmetic dlc to like toss them a little bit of extra cash oh i need to do that <laughs> <laughs> it's like the tip jar it's the modern mm-hmm. dip jar yep i would just yep. play them on game pass for free <laughs> <laughs> well it's on there for xbox I might end up even double dipping at some point and picking up the Switch version um, just for the heck of it, too. <laughs> now, what's really been taunting me is they've been advertising a lot of their acrylic stands and other little uh, ch- tchotchkes related to the game. And it's like, oh, I want these, but that's a lot of yen. <laughs> Oh, so it's all, yeah, Japanese-only stuff that then you'd have yeah. to import. Oof. Yeah. Oof. That can get expensive. <laughs> yeah. Maybe when I go to Japan this uh, October, um, I'll see some of that stuff out in the wild and be able to pick it up. God, I love the series so much. <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny? Nothing, nothing. Oh, I just... as well. So was that it? I That's think it. so. Yeah, yeah. It's enough. Let's move on to feedback. Yeah, we had a lot of feedback for this particular question. Um, what's your best and or worst Kickstarter story? From Shaman, my worst Kickstarter story is that I backed a Switch port of a late 3DS platformer called Chicken Wiggle in April 2018 <laughs> with a target date of December 2018. And it was from a studio that that had plenty of switch experience they've been incommunicado for more than a year now and i'm not sure uh if it'll be out for the switch's successor releases hey they'll Ouch. just retarget it to the next thing like all those vita kickstarters just said eh, forget the vita <laughs> um from strawberry eggs it's probably telling that i couldn't remember the name of my worst kickstarter story without looking it up i backed soul saga way back when i even specifically backed a wii u download version the last update for that project was february 2020 yikes um from from gamer esquire gamer esquire, gamer esquire. esquire. Yeah. 
like strawberry eggs, I made the mistake of backing Soul Saga. In retrospect, I should have been more discerning and chalk it up to lessons learned the hard way. I had another poor experience with Battle Princess Maiden, where the game was released and was adequate, but the creator balked on sending promised backer rewards and just stopped communicating with his backers. Uh, my experience with Dark Deity was far better, and we will see how Sea of Stars, Eden Chronicle, and most recently Warside, a game heavily inspired by Advanced Wars, turn out. Um, can they get in trouble for not giving promised backer rewards? Uh, that is the fundamental question of Kickstarter, Kelly. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Generally, no. <laughs> Who's going to enforce that? There's. And- yeah. And then out of curiosity, I looked up that Soul Saga because it uh, got brought up twice, and it's on Steam as a uh, early access. Yeah. Um, and when's the last time just, it was updated? Oh, yeah, February 28th. Oh, all reviews, there's 37, mostly negative. I wonder why that is. <laughs> so I, I is this considered vaporware at this point? Mm-hmm. Or- Abandoned, abandoned where? My bad. Hang on, I need to get a drink of water for this one. This is a novel. <laughs> oh my gosh, let's see. <clears throat> Cajun ATX says, I'm usually behind on my podcast listening, but I think I caught up. To answer the question about Kickstarter, I've got a lot of those under my belt for board games. My other hobby for good. My other hobby, the good. Well, they got good and bad stuff here they talked about. Oh, I see. My other hobby. End line. The good. Yes. For video games, Torment Tides of Numenera was very enjoyable. Also, Divinity Original Sin 2. Uh, Come on, board game Kickstarters. Every one I've... Simon? C-M-O-N? Come on. Board game. Come on. I I don't think that's what they mean. It's an acronym. See, it's a company. Simon. C-M-O-N. There we go. And they Kickstarter all their stuff. Everyone I've done has been real good. They give lots of extras on Kickstarter in the form of miniatures mostly, and some extra board game missions and such. My best were probably tied between Marvel United, which is a co-op with Chibi Marble Heroes, and the other is called Cthulhu Death May Die, and has some cool detailed minis, sure, but that game is just real fun. Alright, the bad. I did back Delver's Drop, so I know about that one, but at least that was the low was low priced. There was one board game that took three years, but it just actually arrived. Pursuit of Happiness, big box. Another board game is two years late. They have the games produced, but the company didn't have the money to get them shipped from China. They asked for more shipping money, which we gave. And this week, we got an update that said, no update, but I'm going on vacation for a month. (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. They're shipping themselves somewhere. You gotta wow. know how that looks, right, guy? All right. Yeah, that's yeah, the optic. There. That's a game <laughs> called Monumental. Uh, there's another board game expansion called Street Masters that I backed in 2020 through Indiegogo. That company also has like three other Kickstarter campaigns. They're all two years or more unfulfilled, and supposedly they are sitting in a warehouse, but they can't afford to ship them. Sure, they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Monumental guy is going to check up on them right now. <laughs> Go to China for a month. I'll let you know how it works out. Platy, you wrote in. I did. I've never actually uh, back Kickstarter personally, but my wife did about a year and a half ago for these metal little ticket to ride trains for the board game. And it it took 
a good 18, 20 months, and I teased her every time. We'd be sitting playing Ticket to Ride, and she would say something about, like, oh, I can't wait till our trains come. And I'm like, yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, your train's, off by the ru- your train's yeah. about to come in. <laughs> yep. Um, and they actually did arrive, hey! and they are quite nice. Hey! But uh, for the price, I think she paid. Uh, that stuff costs <laughs> a lot to do in small batches. That, Just And they were, I mean, they're metal and they're mm-hmm. detailed. They're, mm-hmm. I mean, they're very nice. Mm-hmm. But hey, you know, it came. It took about two years. But they did. They that was the only one either of us have ever done. And and you know I I was kind of remembering I had a friend who tried to do a, a Kickstarter um, for for a pirate themed board game and every, every, he thought everything was going all well and then the business manager just kind of disappeared off the face of the earth and had a nervous breakdown oh. and um I don't think or. Er, there, but the board game slowly got shipped out, but it, it was just a nightmare for p- the particular friend. Um, and and he, uh, they don't do Kickstarter anymore because of that, on on the business end. Mm-hmm. Uh, put put it that way. So you know, so sometimes the stuff is kind of out of the creator's control. I mean, I, I, yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, when there's more than one person, all it takes is one person to sink the ship. There, yeah. If you're doing yeah. little small companies and. And, and and it's hard to talk about because one, I don't remember all of the details, and two, I'm trying to be vague so that I don't accidentally in, in, incriminate anybody. But yeah, it's just kind of it was just kind of example I thought of of something not being necessarily one of the pair's fault. So yeah, it's a mess, uh, and there's no guarantee, and that's uh, any and product can go bad, but. It- Oh, go ahead. There, there are the times when it actually does come out, and it's just terrible, like The Good Life. <laughs> or Mighty uh, Number 9. All right. Shall we move on to news? News. We've got a new Sword Art Online Ritual of Bonds DLC coming mm. out. Mm. Um, or rather, pre-orders are now open for Sword Art Online Last Recollection, which I guess is the newest game in the series. And then they also revealed details about the game's DLC and released a new story trailer. Don't care. So they're already <laughs> talking about DLC before the game is even being Oh, released. it's my favorite, but it's Namco Bandai, right? So mm-hmm. this is what they do. Yeah. Idea Factory International made some release announcements during its Anime Expo presentation, where the Neptunia game ma- maker R Evolution. I what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hold on, I mean, I'm reading usually... this multiple times. Is it a game maker where you make Neptunia games? Is that no, what this is? No, oh, no, I read the article. You're running it's a. Just... Yeah. It's, it's Neptunia is running a game studio. Oh, yes, it's an older Neptunia. You can totally tell she's okay. a much more older and mature person because her boobs are bigger. The, I, because it says so in the text. Oh, okay. All right, cool. <laughs> I, th- I was I went off the usual way this is indicated, but I, I was you, wrong. No, I, okay. yeah, I, you, you wouldn't be wrong there. I okay, mean, so Neptunia game maker R Evolution is heading west along with two more Otome titles, uh, while Neptunia Sisters versus Sisters is getting an Xbox release. Uh, do we care about the Otome titles? Probably not, right? No. no. Ah. Cool. That was just incidental. Hey, Dark Deity. <laughs> uh, Someone just a, mentioned that. <laughs> yeah, getting a physical version from Limited Run Games. There you go. There you go. The pre-orders for the tactical RPG on the Switch begin this week and run for a month. Does LRG have like a 
expensive collector's edition for this one or no but like say, the- just just know with with limited run games it can take two years for their stuff to yeah. show up <laughs> talk yeah. about kickstarter and uh, small batches here yeah don't we have another limited run story oh there? yeah because they had a whole thing yeah, yep huge release. yeah okay i'll i'll save that for that um Wanderer, Wanderer's Sigil has been announced. This is an upcoming turn-based roguelike get from uh, Viebo Games. Um, you're leading a group of explorers into a procedurally generated world dealing with the aftermath of a magical cataclysm. Mm. Arc System Works revealed that its remake of the original River City Ransom is heading to new platforms. River City Rival Showdowns coming out on PC, PS4, and Switch in October. Oh, we got a huge live stream. Yes. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3. Tell me about the bear boinking. So I finally watched that in context without, because uh, I, well, I only saw the GIF that you sent. That's all I've ever the, seen is the GIF. The article. <laughs> I watched the actual, um, that, that scene that was going on and the developers being like, well, the people, the people want to see this. I don't think we have any responsible responsibility and the the other dev is like yeah but you still have to press the button so, <laughs> so uh, TLDR there's romance options including uh, da- dating your druid who may who can turn into a bear and-, and apparently I guess when she gets horny she turns into a bear or something I don't know well, well, one it was it was two dudes, I I believe. Oh, it's a guy. Okay, yeah, yeah it's two guys. Yeah, the other one was a vampire guy, and uh, yeah. they decided to get it on, and a poor little squirrel was watching and dropped his acorn. Oh. <laughs> the squirrel uh, was shocked. Yes. Uh, watch some of the crowd reactions, and that I don't think uh, they were ready clip. for it. <laughs> yeah, um, but that bear. Like, have you ever seen a bear smile? Because you'll see this bear smile. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, and, and do not watch this at work, by the way, because both, both characters are nude. And, no, they are uh, not. You, oh, yes, well, not are. in the panel part I saw. Like there was no, I I the, watched it that they're nude. Um, oh, you you see stuff. Wait, they got their TikTok banned. Did they also get their Twitch banned, Tam? Tam says they got their Twitch banned as well. Wow. wow. <laughs> So wait, does that mean when the game is actually out, people can't stream that? Perhaps. I I, I Twitch bands are so weird because they they do a terrible job of consistency, right? And explanation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, okay. Anyway. Well, well, the actual scene uploaded to YouTube. Has oh, it was just TikTok, as, says Tim. All right. Um, the actual scene updated to or uploaded to YouTube says not safe for stream shortly after the squirrel <laughs> dropped his acorn. <laughs> Some people would say it's not safe for life. On those nuts. <laughs> but but yeah, um, full romance options. Uh, supposedly, you can um, choose the size of your junk. Uh, Wait, really? Yeah, as one does in life. Uh, that's yeah. like a cyberpunk setting. I don't expect it here. And and that's not an art article, by the way. I found that out on the Kotaku article. Um, the romance options are designed. Baldur's Gate to- Dream. The autocompletes are gameplay, and the second autocomplete is bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, the, and the romance options are designed to offer many different focals on how a relationship can play out. 
So um, you've got a lot of options, that's for sure. Um, the more I see from this game, not just the bear clip, but the more I see from it, the more curious I am. Uh, when is it supposed to come out? On August 3rd on PC and Mac? September 6th on console. Yeah. So yeah, uh, watch that clip at your own risk, I guess. <laughs> um, sp speaking of horny stuff, but on the other end of the spectrum, Hawkeye Star Rail version 1.2 update re is releasing next week. Um, this is titled uh, Immortality Ends, and it features the climax to, oh god, that name, Xianzu Lofu's Adventure, as well as three more playable characters. I'm sure there's a host of other features coming. And yeah, this is the free-to-play turn-based RPG that tells a story in the Honkai universe. I guess Honkai is an anime. Nobody knows. Honkai Star Rail? No, that's yeah. that's a that's video game. game. Yeah, it's the. Well, I know, but uh, it's the turn-based strategy, or it's the strategy turn-based RPG from the Got uh, Genshin Impact people. But it says a standalone story in the Honkai universe. Like there's other media. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know either. Uh, maybe you don't have to play the whole game to understand that one. Um and news for you, Platty. Dragon Quest Monsters the Dark Prince gets some more details. Um including uh additional DLC planned on release date. Um, uh, this was interesting. <laughs> so uh, this is this is kind of a new one for Dragon Quest to have day one DLC. Um and I know I hang out in a Dragon Quest Monsters Discord group. That these people are like the ones that'll be the top 10 of the 100,000 leaderboards when those come out someday. But it, there's basically three DLCs they announced. They got this mole hole that lets players reunite with monster types they previously encountered and to find tricky uh, synthesis monsters. Um, this is important because in Dragon Quest Monsters, you're, you're basically breeding monsters to get a better monster, and then the two parents go away. So... Um, a lot of breeding chains for the highest level monsters in all these games. Like you may need 10 of one monster to breed with 10 different ones to get 10 different babies to get, you know, breed those together to get those together, goes together just to get, you know, this really big one you want. So um, previous games have always had, or not always, but a lot of the previous games, especially on the 3DS, have had ways to get extra synthesis monsters. Like, okay, you already had a golem. Like if you just go through this door there's going to be a whole lot of golems in there that you can fight and, you know, you don't have to just rely on the ability of them being out in the overworld somewhere. So that sounds like a quick way to do it. You've got Coach Joe's Dungeon Gym, which uh, features some randomly generated dungeons with powerful monsters with unique requirements. And then they got this treasure trunk that lets you open a treasure chest for exciting rewards every so often. Um, and they've never... And, the interesting part about this is these kind of things have always been in the 3DS games as just features. Now we get to the Switch and their DLC, and they're not that cheap. They're uh, between like seven and ten dollars on the uh, listed in Japan. They've given no prices for here, so uh, this could be something you drop another twenty bucks on just at the start of the game when this comes out here December first. So interesting, interesting. And you know we don't have it on here, but. Uh, Dragon Quest Treasures kind of got stealth dropped to uh, PC the other day. Yeah, if you want to play uh, Dragon Quest Monsters Light. <laughs> yeah. On PC, it's there now. Um, it, it's a cute little game, but know that it 
doesn't feel fully baked. At no, least I didn't uh, feel like it. You know, I, I, I gave it a three five and uh, the Metacritic it, after the first couple days where it had like all these great reviews. If you look at the Metacritic now, it's like come down right where I gave it. It's uh yeah, it's not a full fledged. You know, it's there. It, it's got it. I mean, it is full fledged itself, but there, there's 12 monsters in the whole game plus recolors and then the battles you're not really you don't have to do very much you can kind of just stand back and let your monsters go and meh. my, my was fun okay of, <laughs> yeah my, my fun of that game was just running around exploring the huge open world that was the best part it was, it was these huge huge islands like you could spend hours on one island just going around trying to find everything um, not so much the uh, rival gang coming every 10 seconds. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you spent a lot of time out there. They sure did. <laughs> and, and yeah, I'm glad you got in that stealth drop of uh, treasures in there because I was going to bring that up if you didn't. Yeah, I know Tam, uh, Tam tagged me in our back channel. He's like, oh, why are you going to play this again? I was like, even Alex was like, yeah, I don't think he's going to. <laughs> nah, nope. One, one uh, and done was enough. Somebody else can experience it. I'm, I'm glad more people can experience it via PC, but mm-hmm. not, not me. I wonder if maybe the modding community will uh, put more than twelve monsters in there. That, that, that would be nice. Though I wonder if it's deck compatible. Probably is. Probably, yeah. I mean, it's not uh, a, it's not a intensive game now. <laughs> Um, we've got more Persona 5 Tactica story game and gameplay details released. Yeah, they're uh, they're actually incorporating some of the stuff that was in Persona 5 into a tactical game. So, like, you're going to actually have to use cover. And uh, if you're out, not in cover, like, enemies are able to get, like, extra attacks in on you. So it's going to be weird and interesting how the hell they wrote that into a tactical game. Seems like then the map design is going to be have to be really important. Let's hope they've they've thought that through. Yeah, I <laughs> hope so too. Because this this looks more XCOM than Final Fantasy Tactics. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I mean, I played a little bit of uh, Mario versus Rabbids, so maybe it might translate well. Um, I haven't seen any gameplay footage released though. Yeah, we just got screenshots. We haven't really. I don't think there's actually been like a video actually showing it, you know, in in progress. Yeah. So I, I guess we'll have to see. When does this come out? Um, November seventeenth. So I'm sure we'll get no more videos between now and then. Um, we've got the Palia PC beta set for August. This is a open world MMORPG where um, you do f- farming and have relationships and stuff, and Josh, in our private chat, you were wondering, like, who wants this? <laughs> I was just, I, I, I don't know. Like, it, it, it seems like if you're going to go and you're going to make a fantasy life sim game, maybe just go and make a really good fantasy life sim game before you jump in and worry about making an MMO. But what do I know? <laughs> I mean, I, I am with you there because when I'm playing my life sim game, it's like I, that's my relaxation time and I don't want uh, other people in my life sim. Um, and a but, lot of those elements are already in, you know, stuff like Final Fantasy XIV, if you want that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and I, I was, well, the first thing I thought of was uh, how popular Stardew Valley 
multiplayer is, but that's also, I, I guess, more of a streamer thing. I want to yeah. say. I, I know Scar had a um, Stardew Valley Sunday stream that Paws would, or Anna would participate in. So I don't know. Maybe it might do surprisingly well. Um, let's see, the online stress test is going to be planned for July 25th, and the uh, closed beta is going to start on August 2nd. So I guess maybe you can. Somebody can get into the closed beta and let us know. <laughs> let us know how they feel. Let's see. Adventure RPG Monolith Requiem of the Ancients has been announced. Which game was this? Uh, I don't, I'm completely lost. What story? <laughs> Uh, Adventure Monolith, here we go. Hi, all right, we Versus go. Evil and C2 Games Studio revealed Monolith, a Requiem of the Ancients. The Adventure RPG is set to launch on PC and consoles early next year, and you get in a you get a prize if you can remember what this is. Yeah, we have a trailer I, on the story, actually, if you want to go check it out. Yeah. Um, Might be, be your best bet. Is this another action RPG thing? Yeah, Adventure yeah. RPG, yeah. right? So. Yeah. Um, uh, Sting teased the Riviera, Riviera, the Promised Land remaster. Now that is news that makes me happy. Um, the game is experiencing its 21st anniversary in Japan, and uh, the Riviera, the Promised Land, was the first title in the Department Heaven series, and it played kind of like an adventure game RPG hybrid. Um, came out for the Wonderswan Color, and then was ported to the GBA and PSP. Um, several years ago. Gosh, that, that was a long time ago, but um, no word of a U.S. release or even the details, but they've so far they've just kind of teased that it might be happening. Yggdra Union has come out here, so I'm sure that's going to make it here, too. Yeah, and I think we're getting a Yggdra Union um, next month. Yeah. So. There's a story um, about that later. Yeah. And then Limited Run had a huge, uh, I, I guess, retro E3 presentation. Yeah, they, the LRG3. And yeah. this is so weird. Their their conceit was they time-traveled back to the first E3 and gave a presentation about 2023 games in order to bring E3 2023 and 2024 back into existence. <laughs> it didn't work. But <laughs> they think they, they made it sound like it did. I'm telling you, it didn't actually work. Anyway, it was just, it was their, you know, they do a, a kind of, you know, they do, a, uh, they do their job. <laughs> I want to say it's badly produced, but I know they're trying and they don't have like the funds of other things, but it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, it's kind of like, um, drama club decides to film a movie <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they, and they, and they, they hit that vibe and showed a bunch of trailers and the trailers are fine. <laughs> so relevant parts. to art. Relevant to our interests is another crusade, which is kind of a fan reimagining, or just kind of a, how do I put it? It's Super Mario RPG with the serial numbers filed off. The combat is exactly the same, right down to the uh, buttons being the same colors as the Famicom buttons. And it looks really cool. What game Uh, was that? uh, Another Crusade. Oh, that's the first one on their list there, yeah. But then in the yeah it was it's in, Super Mario RPG but they're like all puppets it's great yeah yeah and then not in the news story itself but they talked about their 
and I'm blanking on the name of the damn engine now. I think it's a critical engine, which is a tool so that developers oh, can. Uh, the carbon engine. Oh, carbon engine. Thank mm-hmm. you. I don't know why I was. So they've on that. they've basically got this thing that lets you release emulated games on modern platforms easily. But it's like not open source or anything, so I I hate how they're doing it. But you know, it's a service they're offering. You can work with them, and they'll help you do that thing that some companies have tried and done poorly, and other companies have tried and they keep it all themselves. And here's a company that's like, hey, come to us, we'll work with you. We got a guy. Um, they they even named the guy in the thing like video game maestro. I don't know what his name was. I forget. But like some dude who's like good at this who works on the programming. So. Vaughn saying, aka RetroArch, but worse. <laughs> it probably uh, is, but I don't know. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. we're gonna see because they announced a ton of PS1 stuff remaster coming, including Clock Tower, mm-hmm. their original Gex trilogy. Yeah, that was their. Um, that was how they ended the show. Was like, here's the game that's gonna save E3, Gex. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, and I kn- and they knew that, like that was the joke, because like Gex is never gonna save you three. But yep, Gex is back, baby. <laughs> the thing I want to know is if they're gonna uh, get Dana Gould to record new voice lines for that. I assume it's not gonna be new lines; it's just gonna be the old lines, right? I mean, I don't know. Some it's the original trilogy. Why would you redo all that? It's just it's just an upres, right? I mean, some of those lines are pretty dated. Um. And yeah, Vaughn is. I'm guessing it's ports and not remakes. Yeah, that's but, what I'm guessing too. Um, do you want to play the old like Sega Genesis Jurassic Park games though? That's another no, thing you'll those, be able to do. Those games sucked. But <laughs> I am curious about Gargoyles Remastered. Hey, and so Gargoyles Remastered was already announced before this, apparently. But okay. like, I don't remember that. Oh, D- Disney did it at their D23 Expo last year. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't remember this game. Is it any good? I, it was all on the I, Sega. It was not the Sega Channel back in the day. I played a little bit of it, and I just all uh, I remember was that it was very hard. So, like the show's great, but like, do I re- really want the hard video game adaptation? Probably not. Um, I I don't know. What I do what? know is relevant. Hold on, when- Tam just dropped some knowledge on me. They're doing a Gargoyles live action film. I did see that advertise somewhere but the voices won't be right i can't handle new voices on this are you kidding me it's not for you it's for new people no it (laughs) is for me what are you talking about who's new who's wanting gargoyles other than people who watched disney (laughs) afternoon in the 90s are you kidding me (laughs) you know people with their hearing aids they'll just figure it's Uh like cam with a new microphone Uh uh-huh like, oh, that sounds a little different. There's so many Star Trek actors in that that like hearing it with different people is going to oh, be yeah. so weird. <sighs> but, but then when I found out this news, I, I ran upstairs screaming to my husband that he was going to be the happiest person on the planet because Tomba for the PlayStation what? 2 is getting a remaster. No. That no. is such a, Chris, that is such a good little, little 2D uh metroidvania kind of is it platformy rpg i yes. never played it i don't it's know what so i'm talking good. about okay but what well, we're we're hoping for a uh 
like a really expensive collector's edition with plushes and stuff. <laughs> and then, then, then Vaughn played it and beat it a hundred percent within a few hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a PS one game. PS one games suck. That game is good. That, you shut your pie. There aren't PS1 any good PS one games except for the few that are good. <laughs> I miss so like Xeno gears. What else? To argue with Chris there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Vaughn, Chris, we're fighting. Nothing good and, but the good ones. Uh, Symphony of the I, Night. <laughs> I miss that era because they weren't afraid Solid to Snake. experiment. <laughs> That's its Back name, then. Solid Snake. Uh, you'll note I'm not including Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> weren't afraid to use polygons. I need, I need to DM oh, your Parappa the Rapper, like, number one. That's the number one PS1 game. I need to DM your wife and be like, throw things at him. He's being unreasonable. Final Fantasy Tactics would be number two. That's a good one. Uh, yeah, the rest of this is just garbage. Wild yeah. Arms. I think, Wild no, Arms. no, I'm not including it. Well, I didn't I play am. it, so I'm not including it. So we got Metal Gear, Symphony of the Night, um, Tactics, uh, Parappa, Xenogears. Yeah, that's, yeah, I'm good. I don't need to include the other Final Fantasies or. Soul Reaver or any of that. Yeah. Definitely not um, including Vagrant Story. <laughs> now, I've I've only heard rumors of this and it's like distant speculation rumors, so take it with a huge mountain of salt. Mm-hmm. But we might get Lunar re-releases with this. Oh and gosh. I don't know how I feel about that. <sighs> like I said We've had enough of those. <laughs> have we? Yes, they kept trying the first... to shove them on DS and stuff, and oh, I don't know. I, I know the first game has been re-released, the Helen back, but not the second one. Okay, yeah, fair. And that's another series that's uh, very getting kind of hard to access legally. So I'm all for it. Uh, do we really want the Bill Clinton jokes back? Who knows? Maybe they might retranslate it. <sighs> Because um, by the way, what, the DS one was not a remake. That was a no. That, that's not. Yeah, that, but this is what we garbage. get when we go back to to Lunar. Do we want to make this happen again? No, let it die. Besides, Victor Ireland will probably get involved. We don't want that. <laughs> Let's let it be. Because Vaughn and I were speculating that this carbon engine is basically a glorified ROM hacking software. Sure, whatever. I don't know. I, I'm excited. I, I want more of these older games that are hard to get and hard to emulate be possible now. No, Va- sure. no Vaughn said it was Retro Arc. I said that it was a glorified ROM hacker, remember? In Why the, not both? Uh, in the <laughs> it's an emulator at- with overrides. <laughs> uh, in the drive-thru at Vizzoli's. Remember, Vaughn? Remember what I said in the drive-thru at Vizzoli's? <laughs> Come on, Vaughn. <laughs> This is such a marriage discussion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a title. Our, yeah, I'm adding that to the list if it's not there already. They gave our dog a treat and said, and here's a treat for the baby. And I just wanted to yell, he's not a baby, he's a man. <laughs> but Okay, uh, we? I'm, I, we I, we're going to the next thing, um, which is Dangan Entertainment, Entertainment, which they announced wrote out. 
two more RPGs. Road Out is the first one, combines dungeon exploration and racing mechanics. Pry Into the Void is the other one. It's a bleak, turn-based, monster-taming RPG with horror elements. What? <laughs> that one looks kind of cool. Is it look? Is how horror is it? Because if it's not too horror and it's more Persona horror, like Anne will be into it. Oh yeah, look at this. You you can look at that hungry bunny, fluffy bunny, dumpkin. They're cute characters. Yeah. I think Anna could be into this. That's all I look at for these games. How much would Anna be into it? I don't know. What are we doing? It looks spooky enough. Um let's see what else have we got? Uh oh, Ease Ten Nordics um has announced further characters and an island capture system. Oh, I guess you go take over islands. <laughs> I won't let. I can't crash so many games. You can't crash the ship into the islands if you catch all the islands first. <laughs> That's how we deal with the sailing issues. Got to catch them all. Mm-hmm. And then finally, uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot prepares for the twenty-third World Tournament. Um, this is another DLC. I. I yeah, it's a DLC for Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, which like they're still making DLC for this. It came out in 2020. <laughs> this this is only the second part. There's another one coming after this. What? <laughs> yes. Why? It must have been <laughs> successful. I guess. So, is the world tournament where they fight Cell? Uh That's kind of like one that Cell made them have. Like the world tournament before that was like where he fought Piccolo and stuff. Okay. So that's that's gotcha. really where the world the Tenkaichi Budokai. The the fight, I don't know, Masters of the Heavens or something like that. I don't know. Um I bet you Vaughn knows the translation. But yeah, so this is like the karate tournament and that like in the old show, this is where multiple things happen and eventually is where Goku and Piccolo fight and stuff like that. So anyway. There's more to it than that, but this is where you get to see like Ten Shinhan show up, like the dude with three eyes and and whatnot, and yeah. So perfect setting for a fighting game, but this isn't. Is this a fighting game? This is more of an RPG. action fly around Ac- game. It's an action RPG. Yeah, this is basically your arena. Yeah. So now we're just cause we're going to give you this setting because it's kind of really associated with Dragon Ball, so it makes sense to have this. So. Um, now, do we want a new release date lightning round? Oh, Please. yes. Oh, lightning, so we, fast, fast, fast. We got Toho New World release dates announced. This is a fan game action RPG for the Notorious but Bullet Hell Toho series. The release dates are uh, July 13th for the PS4 and PS5 and Nintendo Switch. Is this the and one that PC was shown at the... Oh, this is different than the one that was shown at Limited Run Games, which is a physical version of the Metroidvania one. Oh my gosh, so many Toho fan games. All right. Mitzi um, Games Space Cats Tactics is launching in a few weeks. The space RPG sees player managing their crews and participating in tactical battles across the galaxy. Kelly, you getting Space Cats? This is how Kel gets into FTC clones. There you go. <laughs> or I'm sorry, FTL clones. Space Cats! That was the vibe I got from that trailer was uh, FTL. Mm-hmm. Uh, with cats. Yes, with kitties. Uh, Kill Squad is hitting PlayStation consoles this month, specifically on July 20th. And yeah, this is an action RPG. 
Goblins Publishing and Locky Studios revealed that Oaken's fully launching in a couple of weeks. It's a tactile roguelike that will launch on PC and consoles and a physical edition to be released later in Europe. Um, <laughs> Moan you, defeat monsters and gain strong weapons and armor. You may be defeated, but don't give up. Become stronger. I will believe there will be a day when the heroes defeat the Devil King is releasing in September. What? Specific- <laughs> specifically on September 21st. No! That's not its name. You have to say the full title or it doesn't count. <laughs> oh my gosh, there it is right on the screen. Monu defeated monsters and gained strong... Oh my... No, I'm not saying that again. <laughs> I, I want prank calls where people call GameStop and request the pre-order this and only say the full title. Will it be any good? I assume not. Oh, it's a first version dungeon crawler. All right. Yeah. From experience, so yeah, it probably will be pretty good. Yeah, right? yeah. That's yeah, usually pretty good. decent. Yeah. I like stuff like that. Oh, Rockfish Games have revealed a console release date for their space action RPG, Everspace 2. It'll arrive digitally on PS5 and Xbox Series X and S in early August, with a physical edition releasing in October. Um, Sengoku Dynasty is launching on early access in August. Uh, this is an open world uh, c- city builder. Yeah, yeah, Village Builder, um, and it's just coming out on August 10th. Aspire and Beamdog announced a full release date for Myth Force. The first action, the first person action in Roguelike will exit early access on PC and head to consoles this summer. This is the one that looks like He-Man cartoon, but it's a first person shoot uh, action game, so I don't care about it. Um Schwan Yon Sword Mist Beyond the Mountains is releasing on PC in July. This is a turn based remaster of Schwan Yon Sword 3, and it's coming out on July 26, 2023, part of a long running Taiwanese RPG series. Shakespearean Magical Girl RPG This Way Madness Lies is coming to consoles. The game will release on Switch in a couple weeks with a PS5 release to follow. I think Limited Runs also announced a physical thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, we are friends with Z-Boy Games, by the way, so... Mm-hmm. Who's breaking I, I, up? Did you hear? Bill's leaving! Oh. What? Yeah! Mm-hmm. Oh, no! I don't know what's gonna happen. I, I guess I wonder, we'll find uh, out. You know what? I, one of them, I think it was Bill, he was starting to do, like, video game, indie video game reviews on YouTube. Mm. And I responded and, like, won a video game code from him. Nice. Which I sloughed off on somebody else. I was like, I'm, I'm not going to play that. <laughs> um, Yggdra Union fully releasing on PC and Switch internationally in July, specifically on July 27th. Uh, this is a remake of the tactical RPG that was originally on the Game Boy Advance in 2006 and PSP in 2008. Um, I want this to do well because I really want a remaster of the uh, Knights in the Nightmare PSP game. Well, Dan Diaz, because um, I'm a huge Sting fan, so I will be picking this but up. What have they done lately? Uh, cell phone games in China. Mm. Is that true? I th- <laughs> yeah, I think they're wow. owned by a Chinese cell phone game okay. company. I thought that they had they contributed to a tactical game recently, and now I'm blanking on it. They they they've done some uh, some other work for. Oh geez, they've done the gameplay. Advent, Advent Dark Force Refrain Chord, and also okay. the Neptunia SRPG starring Noir. Yeah, I knew I knew that because that was the pain simulator for me. Um, 
I actually have a close working relationship, sort of owned, not owned by IF Group Combo Nation Company. Oh, they were in the the Fairy Fencer F, not Dark Advent. Oh, the, yeah. Well, it's Fairy Fencer F at. Have yeah, dark, dark and yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dark cord, <laughs> dark cord, evil death <laughs> refrain. <laughs> All right, that's just Ideal Factory compile heart and Ideal Factory. I thought. Oh yeah, developer Sting. What the hell? Did they make the first one too? Was that a no? S- no. Okay. Does that mean the second one's better? Probably if it's Sting. Yeah. All right. I'm more interested in the sequel than I was before. <laughs> um, What's also- next? <laughs> Also, I want them to put Gungnir on the Switch because that, that was the best PSP game, and um, nobody played it, and that mm. sucked. Okay. Back, Focus back Entertainment and Don't Not have revealed that Banisher's Ghosts of New Eden will release in November, a supernatural RP- action RPG. Uh, Banisher's takes players to a fictional version of the 17th century American Wilds. Um, Stray Gods is getting a slight delay because they don't want to compete with Boulder's Gate. It's now going to launch on August 10th. Do they that also is- have a druid sex scene or something? Or what's going I, on? No, but it's a small indie RPG that doesn't want to compete with a large RPG, mm-hmm. and I don't blame them. So yeah, I don't blame them either. Yeah. Not going to launch on August 10th. This was the uh, musical RPG. Yes. Yeah, where you're like a goddess or something. It's weird. Played by Laura Bailey. Yeah. Bushy Road Games announced that Hakama's action RPG, Real Sakai, Rear Sakai, excuse me, Rear, R-E-A-R, Sakai, S-E-K-A-I, is launching in Japan this October. It sees players needing to uncover the secrets between two different worlds. And then we've got Trinity S fully releasing it fully releasing in October. Um, this is a top-down co-op combat game with boss battles inspired by MMORPGs. So, you know, if you don't like the experience of yelling, get out of the fire to real humans, you can do it to um, player-controlled character NPCs. And then finally, NIS America announced a October release dates for the Caligula Effect 2's PS5 version. Players will have another opportunity to head off or head into redo and face off against obligato musicians. What <laughs> are those words real? <laughs> Man, sometimes I read these story summaries and I'm like, they're just trolling me. <laughs> Uh, so that was all the briefs or new release dates. So what's coming out, Chris? All right. Well, first, what did we miss? Because there was a couple new rele- or a couple weeks there where we didn't really have everything covered. So the first week, Trails and Reverie came out. That was it. <laughs> and then the second week, Atelier Marie, Marie Make, The Alchemist of Salberg came out. And then Chaos Galaxy, Jagged Alliance 3, Sea Horizon. Uh-oh. Turn-based RPG roguelike uh, involving deck... Oh, it's deck building. All right, so it's not my pirate ship game. Uh, Testament, The Order of High Human, The Valiant, Toho New World, which we talked about, and that's it. Coming out this week, Might and Magic Clash of Heroes Definitive Edition for PS4, Switch, and PC. Lisa, the Definitive Edition for Windows, Switch, PS4, PS5, Xbox, and Series X. And Cross Tales. Whoop, whoop. Which is a Chemco alert. Ooh. Yeah. For Windows and Switch, PS, PlayStation, and Xboxes. Strategy role playing game. 
Um, let's see if I can get more info on our Chemco alert here. Probably not. Oh, here it is on Steam. Yep. You can get a demo right now. Ooh, ooh. I, I have a slightly amusing story Here's about my copy of Trails into Reverie. Mm. Um, it got delivered to the wrong mailbox this week. Mm-hmm. And we have a community mailbox. And it's like, how do you rectify that situation? Because, you know, either the person who checks their mailbox can give me my game or, you know, t- look at it and say, well, I wonder what this anime crap is and keep it for themselves. So I had to leave a note on the community mailbox being like, uh, hey, can you check the other boxes to see if there's something for insert my house number here? And they, I mean, it got delivered, but why do I have such bad luck with getting my games delivered? I, I don't know. But you got it, right? Yeah, so no, I, I got it. It showed up at your house. Um, well, in my mail, my mailbox. Yeah, uh, that's good. I was just. Where else should it be? <laughs> it, because it, it could, it could have, it ended up in somebody else's mailbox, and I wasn't exactly trusting. If, well, one, uh, people wait a couple of days to check the mail because they have to hoof it all the way to our yard to check the community mailbox. Um, uh, Chris. Chris, uh, with Chris Tales, that's the team that did Blacksmith of the Sand Kingdom. I don't know what that means. Um, Wait, that's that's the one that did... Is that Ridion? Yes. Yeah, okay. So that's not really Chemco. That's, um, they also did the Adventure Bar story. Oh! And... Yeah, so they're the they're the decent ones. They just you know, ladies and gentlemen, we are canceling the Chemco alert. <laughs> canceling yeah, the yeah, Chemco it's alert. Not the Chemco, <laughs> the people under Chemco. It's like they're just Chemco's just publishing this. They're publishing, yeah. It's, it's got, got cat Chemco people, developed. Kelly. Ooh, I, cat people. But it's like Japanese cat people, so just ears and tails. Oh, I don't know if that's cat <laughs> enough for you, but this is what you get. I mean, I play a Makote and. 14 so there you go pretty much that <laughs> but uh, the main point of this the story chris is that the anxiety i was feeling uh worrying that you know i wasn't gonna get my game that i paid for because of somebody somebody being like oh hey free anime game even though we live in a pretty we don't have a lot of teenagers in this neighborhood so i highly doubt they're gonna be playing that but it's still a little frustrating man yeah, I guess I just didn't follow the story. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now we've got editorials. Um, Luis Mauricio uh, reviewed Final Fantasy 16. He gave it a 4.5 out of 5. Unacceptable. Kick him <laughs> off the site. Fives only. I, I waited until the show to say this because I realized on Twitter it would, wouldn't sound as uh, jokey. And in case you know, I'm kidding. No, nope, fives I, only. I agree, actually. <laughs> I haven't even finished um, it. Fives only. Come on. And the pluses were gripping and emotive story. Icon battles are outstanding and exciting soundtrack and beautiful and world imposing or beautiful world and imposing icons. But also, uh, it's not the, much of an RPG. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unsynchron- the negatives are unsynchronized lip movement and some side quests feel like fetch errands. Um, yeah. 
I, I agree to a degree, but I feel like the side quests in that game are kind of meant to get you to get to know the world a little bit better, not necessarily the rewards. Am I making any sense? I also mm-hmm. want to point out that the lip sync was synchronized. It's just weird because like within the same line read, it'll be synchronized right at the beginning and the end and then the middle it'll kind of veer off for a bit. <laughs> it's so strange. <laughs> that sounds worse than not being synced. Yeah. <laughs> I kept having to adjust my um I kept trying to d- adjust the delay on my receiver to see like is this a an issue with my setup and it's like no, no, it's just it's just weird. <laughs> also, all the side quests are fetch errands, so yeah. <laughs> I feel like the side quests are more about the story. The ones that yes, okay. So like just have like skits then. I then people will just skip those. Yeah, all right. Well, not when they're unlocking fancy sword upgrades. Uh, but, but that's just my opinion. Your, your mileage may vary. I just felt like the side quests were a bit... Five out of five! You, teaching you more about the world. Um, <laughs> Once you fight Titan, you should know it's a five out of five game, and don't you question it. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got a review for Solvars. Mm-hmm. Um, I, do, did we talk about this? We have, yeah. Okay. Um, by Jared Pruitt. He gave it a 2 out of 5, saying that the skill-swapping mechanic adds an interesting layer of strategy and enjoyable combat music, but a lack of engaging plot, no character development, unclear dialogue, and the Soul Driver sync combat system is a grind to increase stats. So darn, I thought this could have been an interesting game. Um, We've got an interview with Alex Fuller uh, for Alterium Shift. Um, Who did he interview? Dratsy Games. Dratsy Games. Anna. Okay. Yeah, Alterium Shift is kind of a 16-bit RPG. Or 16-bit inspired RPG. So if you want to read more about that, you can read it on our site. We have an Enshrouded, Enshrouded preview from Alex Fuller. Um, what was Enshrouded about? Am I supposed to know? Action RPG. Maybe you should read the preview. There you go. Read the preview, <laughs> Kelly. Know, Come on. Um, it, is a, it is a survival action RPG from the Portal oh. Knights developer. So, Dark Souls. Uh, With survival. Uh, Valheim, it has maybe? Base, base building mechanics. And... Okay, Valheim. <laughs> got it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, you can dig. A... Yeah, there you go. That's a lot of digging. We've got our JRPG July introduction and week one on the site right now. Um, JRPG July is where uh, we play our JRPGs and talk about them, and people write little blurbs about them. Um, so, Josh, you're playing Fuga 2? Right. Matt, were you participating? I am not. I can't get that writing done that fast. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm playing JRPGs. That's yeah, that's a given. But yeah, no, that that's usually what I do to technically Persona Five Strikers as my JRPG July. I just never have time to write the blurbs, so I mm-hmm. just talk talk about it on Twitter. So um, you can read uh, the the blurbs week to week on the site, or and follow then, on social media with hashtag JRPG July. There you yep. go. And then we've got a backlog in the year with Sam, 
who uh, broke her arm recently, and that Poor sucks. Thing. Um, so she's been playing good. stuff one-handed. Yeah, so Atelier Rise of 3, Grim Grimoire, and Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster. All games that you can easily one-hand. Oh, and she's playing, she just started Octopath. Yeah. You, you know, that is a complaint I have. I wish that um, RPGs with no twitchy mechanic would just have a, a one-hand mode, like Octopath. I've tried 3D printing a one-handed grip for my Switch controllers, but it doesn't feel right. And there's no reason why I think that a game like Octopath shouldn't just have a one-handed controls mode. Do you guys have thoughts on that? Mm -mm. I I agree that they should all have one-handed control modes or be easily controllable. Just just for accessibility reasons more than anything. I mean, that's kind of why like I like the ex- Pokemon have that. Like, yeah. I remember, yeah. Yep. That's kind of why I like the Xbox Elite controller. So I can program the uh, paddles on the back and basically set up a, a one hand mode. And I can just kind of hold the controller in one hand and play along. Um, I don't know. Maybe that can be our question of the week. What kind of accessibility features do you want to see more in games? Oh, I like it. Yes. Because um, not just one-handed mode, I want the ability to be able to change font size. Because you could do that in fourteen or er, Final Fantasy sixteen, and that was a godsend. You can do it in Diablo oh, four yes. as well. Because as I get older, my oh, eyesight gets worse. Yeah, uh, here's the thing: sixteen doesn't let you change it everywhere, though. Oh, it's only the subtitles. And I actually really wished I could change the rest of the UI size. And it was I was feeling so old. <laughs> Yeah, I can't I see this trouble. game well. <laughs> I was having trouble with some of the text in the uh, upgrade icon yep. upgrade menu. Yep, but it, it was—it's a start. It's—it's um, it's just—it's Guardian- the same stuff we went through when we went to HD for the first time, and now people are hitting it with 4K, and we—we we haven't really nailed the the font scaling. But yeah, anything that could make your. Um, make your gameplay experience more accessible um send us a note uh leave leave a note on the comment thread for this particular show and we'll read it on the air because i'm curious how other people feel about that not just not just one-handed modes anything subtitles uh blind modes uh, yeah well let let them tell us let them tell us yeah Yeah. Yeah. stuff that we haven't even thought of yeah so leave that on the show thread at rpgamer.com. Go to podcast, RPG cast, and uh, let us know there. Um, I would like to say, um, now that we've talked over what's coming and we've talked over our reviews, what's everyone going to play this week? Kelly? I'm going to be finishing up Cassette Beast, and man, I am tempted to boot up Harvestella after Matt's glowing review of it, because that sounds like a fun game. Speaking of Matt, what are you going to play? Uh, I need to get back into Cold Steel 3. Kelly's uh, nicely delayed our backtrack on it because I was too slow. So what I think that's one of our September games or one of our August games. Let's see. I know I it's coming it's, uh, up soonish. Five Strikers. So I probably got about 20 or 30 hours of Cold Steel to play and Persona 5 Strikers. We'll see if I get to both of those. Um, but Cold Steel 3, I'm like two-thirds of the way through. So I, I, that's what I need to do. Cold Steel 
It, you have you have Diablo three and Bravely Default two before you get to Cold Steel three on August twenty third. Yep. So I I've got what six weeks to uh, knock the rest of that out, but hopefully uh, Rune Factory three comes in at some point. All right, and Josh, I gotta finish Fuga, and then I want to start Trails into Reverie. All right, more Reverie. Gosh, I need to I need to finish Trails to Azure before I start up Reverie, but I only briefly booted that up. Gotta get back to so that, you're, Kelly. It's good. So Kelly, you're only one game behind. I'm like, I'm one and a half. Yeah. <laughs> or should I say like five because Cold Steel Four is so long? Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. For myself, I should really. For myself, I should really finish 16, um, and instead I'll probably spend all the time playing Halls of Torment. So (laughs) at least I know myself. There you go. There you go. As long as you enjoy it. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Thank you, Matt and Kelly and Josh. And we're going to see you next week. Until then, goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.